New York City. VFP. <laughs> Energy and charisma. Why is that funny? It's definitely awkward. <laughs> Look at me, I'm different. Get to the point. This podcast, like the Red Room from. The opinions expressed by the guests, hosts, and callers of this show do not reflect the views of WVFP or our sponsors. WVFP. Thank you for joining us again at WVFP. WVFP, New York City. We do celebrity interviews here. Sometimes we have a co-host. Sometimes it's uh, Julie versus the frog. It's Heather versus the frog. It's Ruben versus the frog. Sometimes there's no co-host. And at that time, this kind of gets a little curmudgeon-y. We're going to try to back off a little. I drank enough coffee to maybe ruin this episode, but we'll see what happens. I say the word curmudgeon, and God damn it, I mean it. Let me first address something that's been going on at this radio station for quite some time, and this week it has come to a head. It seems like our l- business lunches, our afternoon sorees, a little bit of, a little bit of office uh, stress relief that goes on here at the local pub. It's become a stressor for our producers and our associates. And I want to say something to those people right now who think maybe the lunches have gone on a little too long. They're thinking maybe WVFP deserves a more sober anchor and representative. Hey, my job's on the line. Some people think that uh, some of these bar tabs, maybe they're bankrupting the company. I want to tell all these people right now, I want you to listen hard to what I'm saying. You're probably right. Maybe the songs have gone on too long and the meals are too hearty. After all, there is church on Sunday. We're allowed to sing there. We don't have to do it every day here, do we? I want to make you guys a solemn promise, as they've told me I must. You out there to the listener too, but the producer, the investor, those guests who have a lot of faith in this programming, I want to let you know that the singing and the dancing and the yelling and the, you know, libations and the commiseration that you know this host loves so much. All of that stuff, I, I just want to make a swear to you, a handshake. I want to put my hand on your shoulder, Mr. Producer. And I want to let you know, I promise from the bottom of my heart, it's going to happen again next week. Today on the program, we have no nostalgia. It's, uh, it's going to be a pretty famous gallery artist. If you're in the gallery world in New York City or you're interested in it, you're probably going to want to like look this dude up. We're not going to do it before he gets here, though. I'm actually going to chill it way down. I'm going to put my sunglasses back on. There's nobody here. It's just us. And I'm going to talk to you about my favorite place, So-So. Now, this is, uh, this is a wonderful place in South Soho. Maybe you want to go to regular Soho. You need some, uh, you need some shoes. You want them to be pretty expensive. So you're going over to, you're going over to Spring Street. Maybe you're going to Prince Street. You're going somewhere around there. You're getting something really nice. Well, that's not what I'm doing in Soho. See, I'm having fun with my friends. We're hanging out at a pub that this, uh, the office here, really loves. But the people who, they sign the checks, they don't like it. But that's our corner. That's where we go. We go to the uh, weird 
Mexican restaurant that is, for some reason, Middle East themed. I don't know why. But it is delicious. We go to another place. Oh, it's a little European flair. All the tourists hang out there. Little, little umbrellas. Put a little sugar between your teeth. It's a wonderful place. The list goes on. So-so. It's where you want to be. And so uh, maybe the uh, maybe, maybe the parties have been curtailed. We want everybody to take us seriously here. This isn't some kind of goddamn party. This is an interview show. We'll make everybody feel comfortable. We're not bringing kegs of beer in here. Maybe you've seen the photographs. Maybe you see uh, me and neoliberal hell, the meme counter lady. And you see us in here. Looks like I'm drinking some wine. I've seen those photographs, and maybe that's true. But that's not who we are here. We are mostly people who are sober and recovering. You see, the fun time period doesn't last very long uh, when you compare to the rest of life. That's why we're doing it. But when, I, be, I beg your pardon. I think I'm going on about this again. And uh, that's not my intention. My intention was to mic check people who have nothing to do with the show. Maybe shout out some uh, episodes we've got going on. But I think you've seen my Patreon. You've seen my Instagram over at Mainly Manhattan. My name's Nathan Jean, by the way. Here at WVFP. Maybe you've been over there to see my weird advertisements, my weird memes, or maybe you've seen some of the clips we have of the artists, the guests. They're, they're pretty smart people. Hope you're not looking for that from me because I am your view into the world. So, you know, me and you, audience member, we're both not the artists. Isn't that true? I'm just going through the sex magazine. Nobody bother me for a second. This uh, sex magazine's filled with people who have refused my interviews, but that's okay. I like I like a lot of this stuff. I'm perfectly comfortable with you turning down my interview. Don't worry about it. I still think you're cool. I'm still in love with you. I've met a lot of celebrities over the past seven days. We are recording this on the seventh day. I'm comfortable saying that because I'm going to release this pretty soon. And these are pretty fast because I'm caught up to real time now. Some of my followers will know what that means. We had an initial dump. We had an initial release, a little basket, a little box, and you open it up, and there were a bunch of episodes in there. You never even heard of this podcast before. Boom, there's a bunch of episodes. You, you haven't been through them, thank God, or you wouldn't agree to come on the show. I mean, there's no way you've listened to them all. Um, and even if you did, you probably don't have your head around what we were doing, because we don't know what we're doing. I'm, I think uh, our first batch got... Uh, Three different co-hosts? I forget how many co-hosts are in there. I mean, you're getting it left, right, New York City, downtown. That's where we live. Okay, I live a little bit uptown, but I'm downtown a lot. It's kind of boring a little uptown where I live. I live near the park. That's what you want if you, you know, maybe you wake up in the morning sober, remember? Fun times don't last forever. You're going to wake up sober. It's hard. It's hard not to. And, uh. When you get down there, oh, there's nobody There's nobody to open the guest door. Do you think he's just sitting out there? Fuck, I don't know. This is what happens when you have no co-host. No one's here to help you. Nobody gives a shit about what you're doing. Uh, I, I pause for a moment because now there's, there's nobody to help me. The audio person's not here. You know, she has a wonderful laugh, and when she's not here, what do I care? You know what I mean by that? Nobody's laughing? That's part of the problem, not having a co-host. Who am I trying to make laugh? Nobody. It's curmudgeon time. I'm just sitting here by myself. It's like I'm making an Instagram uh, video, except it's just audio. No one would listen to that anyway. It's just me. How long is this going to go on? Well, 
That's radio, folks. I'm really excited to get the guests in here today because these people are a lot cooler than I am. But uh, I've, I've prepared pretty well. I got the waters out. That's something you got to do. You got some guests? You got some celebrities? You better get somebody some waters. Get them. Uh, don't buy any alcohol. Don't bring any cannabis. That's not, that's not a professional situation. Trust me. I'm learning all of this. You think you think this is what you think. This me and you, the viewer, maybe this is what you think. You're at home and you want you think about the stuff that you like. Maybe like uh, some blended red wine mixed with Coca-Cola, shook up, shook up nice and good with lice. Or maybe you enjoy uh, tightly rolled to the moon cannabis stick. I don't know. Maybe you also have a lot of other things at home. And so when you start thinking about the, the people that you will want to meet, the celebrities in your life, maybe you got hip hop hero. You got some other you got some other heroes of people in the arts and literature, like I do. And you want to meet these people. So what you do is you get all your toys. You get all your toys together that you like. And you bring them like a like a cat with a little mouse, like a little boy with a little train. You bring this to the other person and you say, This will make you happy because that's what I like. And then they, they pour it out on the ground and they say to you, oh, brother, oh, you've really offended me now. But these are, but these are my toys. No, no, no. Your toys are old to me. I'm the celebrity. I've not enjoyed these things. And so you don't know what they were going to like. Maybe they don't want your toys. What they want is a nice funnel cake, a, a, one of those holiday things that nobody eats anymore. We're still making them because for like three generations ago. Funny joke, not funny joke. You think that's just a normie joke, but guess what? You'll be seeing that shit at Christmas. It's in the motherfucking CVS. I know you see it. I don't know why we're doing that stuff. We're doing all sorts of stuff in this society. For I don't know who we're doing it for, but one of those things is those goddamn cakes. Uh, cake lovers, come on the pod. Before the guest gets here, I could talk about the apocalypse if you want, but everybody knows I think the end's coming. And I think it would be a lot more interesting if maybe you messaged me and you told me about the end is not coming. I got, I got, I got enough reason to believe that I'm right. And I honestly, at this point, I could use some messages and say, listen, listen, don't worry about the blast zone. Don't worry about the clean water. That You know, you know none of the water's clean. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, send me some messages. Tell me, hey, listen, the air, the air's not clean, but that's okay. Just give me, give me some reason to believe. I don't know. I'm a jovial guy. I like to have fun. I like to hang out. You won't find me talk about the apocalypse just with some girls on the side of the road. I'm not doing that. I ain't on the street corner scaring everybody off with some talk about the end of times. But, uh, you know, I think about it all the time. I'm walking down the street, think about it all the time. Blast zone. Okay. We don't have to, you know, I don't want to get too deep into it with you. But I do, I do want to be honest with you about how I view the present time of Manhattan. Late stage Manhattanism. You see the little joke there. But it's kind of like not a joke. Sometimes I wonder if the posterity of this project is more important than the capital venture, which, by the way, would probably pay my rent. No big deal. You do not have to buy the $5 Patreon, but this is what's going to happen if you don't buy the $5 Patreon, okay? Pretty soon, I'm going to be in a clown costume, and I'm going to be down at the mayor's office doing like a misdemeanor political stunt or something. You don't want that? Is that what you want? You want me in a clown costume? Like the clown from uh, 
like the clown from Chicago, you know? That's out ass clown shit. That's what I'll be doing. So you can save me from that. Right? Do you need, please prove to me that the world wants my delicate artist interviews and profiles of celebrities and so forth so that I do not have to cause some kind of wacky problem just to get views. And I promise you from the bottom of my heart, friends, I will do that. I'm probably doing it right now. I don't know. You think I'm worked up? I just got here. I'm not, not trying to tell you I just woke up because shh, this is the seventh day, baby. See, the seventh day he rests, but I don't rest. I got videos to edit. See, see he's, he, he's got his own job. He can be the big guy, get a day off. Not me. Of course, I do most of that at night, early morning. You can't see what I'm doing. That's fine. I'm going to get a YouTube fucking channel out. It's going to have the coolest stuff on it. I know you really like my little clips before. Some people are like, oh, that's weird. Okay, weird little clip, dude. But I think you're going to enjoy the longer YouTubes better. Um, you know, just a little station ID with some fun stuff in the back. We got to get some fun stuff up there. These interviews have been so much fun. And I try. I put up serious stuff. I want everyone to see potential guests, uh, investors, people yelling at me about my business lunches. I want everybody to see, uh, yes, yes, yes. I'm not that smart, but the people coming in here, they're very smart. We want to profile that. It's not a fucking game. It's a game where smart people come and we try to profile them. And so I'm de we're definitely trying. You're listening to this shit and you're like, oh man, don't get it in your head. I'm not trying night and day to be a literate person. I take this podcast very seriously. Although the pay is not, you know, it's not really serious pay. But I'm going to take it seriously. It's not like when I was an undergrad and I worked at the Walmart for a couple months. Uh, when I worked at the Walmart for a couple months, I did this kind of dual job. It was early in undergrad. I helped unload the truck at the beginning and then I went out onto the sales floor to be available for register, or I would hang out in my assigned section. Guess what, guess what section it was? It was the toy section. I'm not kidding about that. Yeah, even though it's like after my school time, maybe it's dinner time now, there's still like eight-year-olds coming into the store. Like, where's your mom, kid? And they're in the toy section, and they're asking me serious toy questions. Have you ever had, some of you out there worked in service before, some of you worked in retail. You ever had an eight-year-old tell you what to do? It's not the funnest time. Especially you're a young man. You're a young man in undergrad. Maybe you're wearing an old Navy pullover sweater like some kind of jerk like I was. And you're standing there, and an uh, eight-year-old is demanding what you know about the matchbox serial numbers. That's not a game. And I had an eight-year-old eight -year tell me once, I'm being generous here. I had a kid tell me once, why don't you go back in the back and look for it then? Oh, I don't think so. So this is what I was doing most of the time. I was going outside. I was sleeping in my truck. That's right. I had a Ford F-150, kind of the older style, not the newer style, back when they made ones that weren't like so expensive. It was a different game, maybe. Obviously used at the time. Everybody relax. I had this truck. I would go outside. I would sleep in it. As soon as nobody was watching me, we didn't have to unlock the trucks anymore. I'd be right outside sleeping in my truck, in my, in my, truck, in my little truck. And uh, I did that because listening to kids yell at me was insufferable. I wanted to do checkout. I thought that was really fun, especially all the people buying spray paint. 
one spray paint can at a time. You know what I'm talking about. This shit was in the Midwest. And I, I have to tell you, years later, let me amend them. So, so the, you know, the whole story is I'll go to sleep if that's the kind of job you want. But the, um, the really funny, like, amend them to that story is when um, years later I got a letter about a class action lawsuit against the retail giant that I worked for there for uh, wage stealing. They, you know, people working five hours getting paid for, I don't know. Well, I had to write, they, apparently I was due some kind of compensation. I wrote these people a letter I, because they kept mailing me. I couldn't just throw it in the garbage, just kept wanting to talk to me. So I mailed them a letter and I said, uh, listen, this corporation owes me nothing. I stole, uh, stole a lot from them. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, maybe they should call the police. I don't really know. I was a young person, I wasn't working, they were paying me, I think we're even. It wasn't retail wasn't right for me. I went to uh, work at a downtown eatery, restaurant kind of thing after that. A little, uh, little shop downtown near the bars, near the girls, near the action. That's where I wanted to be. Be out there working a retail job with a unloading a truck full of uh, matchbox cars. And I don't think so. Not a. I need some people to perform for. You know how many people work in the service of performers? Do you know what I mean by that? I'm gonna have to get up and check this goddamn door. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody's gonna tell me what happens at the door. I don't think there's anybody downstairs waiting. This could be one of those security guard mix-ups, like with Liv. Remember that? That was terrible. I'd like to introduce to you now my next guest, studio artist Nostalgia. <laughs> Clap with me. It sounds sad when I do it. Thanks for coming in. My pleasure. You gotta sit there though. That's where your okay. chair. That's where your mic checks. Let me give you some room there. Yeah. Give you some room. Thanks for coming in, man. I've been doing this. I shut the lights off. Usually it looks a little more professional right here, but I I kind of shut all these lights off because uh, there's no video and it's hot. I'm not like a movie actress or something. Yeah. I just shut, I shut the things off. All good. <laughs> Usually we got a great audio engineer here. She has a wonderful laugh, keeps a show rolling when I have no, you see there's no guest host. Mm -hmm. That's not a slight on you. Okay. This is just a no guest host scenario. That's Do not feel offended by that. Um, okay. You Usually got a nice girl sitting here. She got a beautiful laugh. I don't know how she is at her job. Probably good. But she has a great laugh. Okay. But now she has also abandoned us. Just two of us. Just the two of us. I tried to shut off all the lights, but when I did, it got real creepy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did do that to some other guests, but I didn't want to freak you out or anything. Noah, thanks for coming to our show. Thanks for having me. Uh, Not too easily scared, so in the dark wouldn't be too bad. Well, I but did. But I think I look pretty good on camera. So let's fire these cameras up, baby. <laughs> I uh, I was doing this weird thing before where so I'm not paying for the video, but obviously you can see it's focused and it's alive. What I was gonna do before, what I did was another guest was focus one of those cameras right up on my face. So then behind me was just a big thing of my <laughs> face. <laughs> but that's from the era when people thought I was gonna bore at them. And now I'm not going to. I mean, you're, uh, I'm pretty well versed on the internet. And uh oh. Oh, God you, damn it. I was kind of scared if I was getting gang stalked. If you're um, well versed on the internet, then you consider not coming here, you know? The, the people who showed up... I like up, to set myself up. <laughs> yeah. You're like, if Borat's there, that might be pretty good for me. I want to see how I perform with Borat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Will you be one of the guys to know, you know? You would be one of the guys to walk out. Um, you know, my, my audience is tuning in for New York City 
personalities and profiles and mm -hmm. stuff. And they might not be super, some, there's some gallery people looking at it, but there's a lot of other people looking yeah. at it. And they might not totally be familiar with who you are. Well, there's gallery people looking at it. This is not going to help my cause. Well, you should know You should know that uh, starting this show uh, had me mass unfollowed by the very good people in the gallery. Uh, you know, there's, there's something about um, doing a little comedy project, not as a guest, but I think this project has kind of maybe closed one door for me. Fair enough. <laughs> you, know, you really choose. One. You really choose things in life. You know what I'm saying? There's no, no dramatic roles are gonna come my way now. I think the, some of that mystery has been taken away. <laughs> you know, the flip side uh, to comedy is the drama mask, right? So. Tragedy. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Well, I've been um, I've been meeting a lot of I don't know celebrities lately. Okay. Um, you're definitely a studio artist that everybody's watching. I'm not, not. I'm not not putting you in that category. Okay. But this, this today. I'll just this, let you talk. I'm. I'm liking what I'm hearing. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, but uh, and this is the seventh day the show's been out. The show's only been out for seven days. But I've been working on it for about three weeks. Okay. There's still a lot of shit to be done. Mm. You know. But um, always a work in progress. I've been. I've been meeting a lot of people who otherwise wouldn't have ever spoken to me. Mm -hmm. Um, who we could like call local celebrities and stuff. Okay. And they have been across the board not impressed. And I'm getting a lot of, uh, <laughs> I'm getting a lot of uh, just a little bit of scolding. Uh, I meet people. I say, oh, do you know who I am? They say, I, we do know who you are, and we're sick of it. And I say, well, do you like my show? And they say, oh, maybe. Maybe we'll like it in the maybe. future if you clean up your act. That's I'm getting a lot of that. But that's okay. So you, you shake the hands. You kiss the baby. They say, Don't touch my baby. You set the baby <laughs> back down. It'll be fine. Uh, let's let's tell before we just do stuff like that. Let's tell the audience who you are and kind of um, introduce them to you. You're a gallery artist here in New York City. Um, I've known about you since last year. Maybe it was earlier in the year. I'm not sure. Um, you had a you showed some pieces, the gilt table and the lazuli chair. Am I saying that right? Yes, correct. Those two things were shown at a place that I don't really know yeah. about. Foreman Seek in Detroit, and they also show in London and Istanbul. Okay, cool. But uh, yeah, that was for the Detroit Month of Design last fall. And, you know, you kind of burst onto the scene then, and the next time I know what's happening, I wasn't here this summer. I was in New Mexico for no reason. <laughs> and, uh, you got the cowboy hat. I've... I did bring the hat. Let's not talk about it. Everybody's sick of the fucking hat. That's another thing I'm getting scolded about all the time. Um, <laughs> to help me say this, because I have a real problem with things that look Irish. The O'Flattery? O'Flaherty's. O'Flaherty. Yeah. I knew I wasn't going to do that right. That show was fucking huge, man. It was. Uh, I think something like 800 pieces were in it. 800 pieces, like 12,000 people on the street, and some cops threatening tear gas. You know, like uh, some dispersal stuff going on there at the end. What 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 did you show in that show? I showed uh, the first piece from my new series of, uh, I call them rubber paintings, but they're kind of like wall sculptures. Okay. Uh, and does this have to do with, let's see, the, the new ones are the orb, orb web. Yeah, the orb. So they're all in the same series. This okay. is the first one of those works. Well, I've skipped. Uh, tell me if I'm skipping over something here, because one of the things I really like that I, I thought was yours, man, let me know if I'm really messing up. It was called Martyrdom. Yeah, yeah, I had, uh, I had a couple of paintings. It, right, yeah. So you do a lot of stuff. Um, like I said before, the audience might not know. 
to me, it looks like you've learned some secrets of commercial or industrial design. And those are being applied to the studio art world, to the gallery world. Correct. Yeah. They're fucking dope, man. Like, These things are really cool. You know that I'm not an art critic. I mean, everybody gets that pretty mm -hmm. quick. Sometimes we bring people like that here to balance me and stuff. Yeah. My, my judgment is if I was rich, would I buy this? You know, for okay. my, over the sofa in Miami Beach, uh, in the Hamptons, here in the city or something. And you make stuff that I, I think is cool. Like, like yo, I would buy that. I like to call that the sicker suck binary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That when I go to galleries, I'm like, well, it's either sick or it sucks. <laughs> right, right. You know, I'm um, uh, not going to do my MFA speak on. Well, you could. You well, could. Well, you could. And if, you know, so martyrdom, the reason I bring up martyrdom is because a lot of your work is, does, it, is that kind of thing. But martyrdom was a painting. Yeah, yeah, it was two paintings. And I don't consider myself a painter right. by any means, but, you know. It's just a, a it, fun it, thing to do, but my work is more sculptural. All right. So, you know, you're you're in the studio arts, but we're going to see mostly sculpture from you, and some of it's wall-hanged yeah. sculpture. Furniture primarily, I guess, if I had to categorize myself right now in my career, I'm a furniture designer. Right. But, yeah, I'm definitely working more towards sculpture. Did, did those martyrdoms ever show anywhere? No. They're, uh, they're hung up on my wall. And that was the next question. Where are the martyrdoms yeah. now? Okay, I like to ask people because uh, those were really cool. Thank you. And I didn't think that. So now we have uh, the there's Orb Web and there's the Hydrangea. Yes. Could you tell us, or is there like you? Could you make a little news about? Is there going to be another show? Uh, I, I didn't really see that posted. Or you know, these are just uh, the first pieces from a new series of works. Uh, I've been talking to a few galleries, but uh, we're still yeah no no real news to disclose. Okay, all right, can't uh, disclose it now. I kind of I'm looking in your eye and I'm seeing there maybe there is some news. <laughs> he doesn't want to tell me about it. No, but, yeah, I'm just slowly starting to put out the new work. I haven't really discussed much about you know the themes of the work or yeah. anything, but I'll be putting out another piece in a couple weeks. What would you say to people who don't really have an art theory or or art history background who are just want more in their mind of what you're doing? I don't know if I want to tell them anything. I kind of want them to just see it. an assumption of my work from, from how it makes them feel, how they... Isn't it better that... It. The, isn't it better not that they know what... Sometimes it's better that not that they know what the art statement is, but that they come to the show. Absolutely. Or that they look look and see what's happening. I mean, typically the artist statement is bullshit. So. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, we need a lot of that, though. We need a I lot mean, of structure yeah, and bullshit. Bullshit greases the, the wheels, it right? It sure does, yeah. So, but, I mean, the problem with posting my work on Instagram, and I'm sure this is not an original statement by any means, but making 3D work, you know, uh, 1080 by 1080 picture on your phone only, Right. Conveys so much of it. It can't. I, when I first started, first of all, the first little tiny, I wasn't doing stuff like you. I was just doing little tiny shows. And uh, the first time I ever did a show in New York City, I did not have an Instagram, and that enraged everybody. This oh, was before cool. I had it. They were, they were so mad. I didn't have a cell phone then either. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really it was the grid. really far past the time when I should have had a cell phone. My friends yesterday in Bushwick suggested we do a show about how I didn't have a cell phone for the whole time. Are you a landline guy? Well, um, I had to. I made my roommates originally in Bushwick get a landline because uh -huh. it's like $10 more on the... Yeah. And then I think they stopped offering that or something. Oh, I'm sure. And then I, and then I was like, you know, in 2015, 
16. I got a cell phone in 2017. Oh, it's wow. way past, right? Yeah, way past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, by, by the time we got to 2016, I was forcing people to email me. And that's when my friends were just dumping me in droves. We're never calling you again. I have to email you? They're just, they're just leaving. Yeah. Very, uh, very basic. But, but when I was doing that back then, you had to have an Instagram. But here was, this was what I, I was trying to get to something else. Mm. They all wanted me, the curator and all these people, to have an Instagram. But then they told me, get this, you really shouldn't put your work on it, which I, yeah. I see people who have chosen all different ways. I see successful artists fill their Instagram with their work, mm. and I see successful artists never post their work. And so I, there's different like, philosophies on what you should do with the Instagram, you know? I don't know. I don't know how you feel about it. I mean, you know, as someone who's starting their career, I feel like if I don't post the work, you know, how is somebody going to see it Yeah. to even know what the hell is going on? The reward is more than the risk there. But, you know, you can't post all of it, right? I'm, I'm going to post the third piece here shortly from this new series, but there's nine pieces. So those other six aren't going on Instagram. That's a good way to do it. Um, and then with uh, the guilt table and the Lazuli chair and uh, the amphibios chair, those, I didn't post those until after they were in the show. That's also a good idea. So, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a funny game to play, figuring out, you know, how to pivot your, you know, your career and like position yourself on Instagram. And there's also the, the gallery. The gallery scene. Yeah, and there's also the gallery who would, I think, sometimes would like to know that there'd be some kind of promotion. Mm. So when they see what you've done at other places, and that's why I started doing it before, because I wanted to let other people yeah. know. I wasn't just going to pretend I was never at your group show. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll post Yeah, unless stuff, other people's know. work in the show sucks. <laughs> right. <associate laughs> yourself, but if you have the best, I mean, even if the other work sucks, if your work's the best, and yeah, might as well let everybody know if you have my work's in it. <laughs> right, best, right. Come see it. <laughs> right, right. Hey, they'd be happy if you get some more people in there, right? Absolutely. Um, the uh, intersection of advertising and all of this is really... Mm -hmm hits home when you start a project like I've done, where you realize um, how, how many artists and or celebrities are not even interested in how it will be advertised, because frankly, and this is my opinion, it's kind of below a lot of people. Yeah. Like adver advertising is the mud of what's going on. Yeah, it's uh, the, the bullshit propaganda. Yeah, right? I, a lot of times. Good or bad. But. Yeah, and when, when people who, who interact with the show, even on a speculative basis, they want to know about the advertising because the advertising is really weird. Um, I often think, I, I haven't really said this to them, I'm saying it to you now. Um, you're so smart and you're so talented, what do you want to do with advertising? You know what I mean? It's, I always yeah. want to say, hey, let the stupid guy, let the stupid radio guy do the weird advertising, do the weird internet stuff. Trust me, it's going to be wonderful. You know, these people are too smart. You know, you, just, <laughs> you know what I mean? You have a real skill set. I'm a radio guy. Go do your real skill. I'll do the stupid little cartoon. It'll be great. The advertising in terms of what in particular? Well, the av not the advertising of my art. The advertising of the show, I've noticed. Like, uh, I've realized a lot about advertising in the last seven days on social media and stuff like that. And yeah. I've learned a lot about myself. Yeah. Which is that what I think is cool, or what I think works, and all this other stuff, mm -hmm. often gets me in trouble in a way where, like, nothing's really happened, but people are just kind of weirded out a little bit. And, like, uh, oh, that's weird. Uh, I'll call you back tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, 
that's kind of the game you have to play, right? Not everybody's going to be into it. You're going to burn some bridges. Oh, but man. I feel like... Uh, Celebrities, come back on the pod. We love you. You know, you strengthen the, the people who are interested, the people that you want around by uh, doubling down on uh, your sensibilities and what you think works. It's your project, ultimately, so you have to control the narrative on it. Well, you know, you want to make people feel good, and this show is to profile people, not me. And so, you know, there's that weird intersection between the advertising that comes from my sick, demented, disgusting little apartment and uh, the actual people on the show who are interesting like you. You know, obviously, like, you want to make everybody happy and stuff. But I do think I'm going to stop asking guests what they think of the... Fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this is... Uh... I was sending it to them before, like, what do you think? Is this cool? They're typing back, this is... What is this? You know? <laughs> is this paywalled? Will this episode be paywalled? Yeah. Is that the question? Or the show in general? Both. The I show in general is paywalled now, but here's the deal. There's not that many out. Mm -hmm. So as it progresses, the older ones will be unpaywalled slowly. Mm -hmm. We've got to build something first. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know the e-girls might not want to throw $5 at my episode yet. For free, <laughs> for free they'll, they'll tune in for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, it will be. Some of it will be. You know, I don't know. Um, the the episodes could or not be popular based on many things like Absolutely. am i embarrassing myself mm -hmm. people might tune in they might get around oh this one makes well, people love cool. the circus so even if you are embarrassing yourself they might tune in more for that right right i don't know if we're talking enough about you i'm not <laughs> sure <laughs> hey i love talking about myself. you're 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 an easygoing guy but i'm not sure that uh this is this whole show is about me but i want to go back to the patriot show because um I don't know if I was too lazy to look it up, but I didn't. The New York, the New York Times mentioned it twice. Yeah, and I just learned that from them in their <laughs> advertising. The crooked New York Times. Are you are you in those articles? I'm not. No. Well, no you should have been. Mention any artists. Okay. I mean, the, I, there were no callouts. They right? may have mentioned like Jordan Wolfson or of Dan course. Colon. Um, Who put together the show, by the way? Uh. An album of this was it just the gallery or was there a curator in between uh it? well it's uh what's her name i'm gonna like misquote and this is gonna sound so bad i think her name's like uh juliana no nah, i should look it up oh well you don't have to uh you um, know come on the show curator of the she, show. the owner of the gallery and then i oh, believe okay. the co-owner billy so it's the two of them and she uh she's a painter as well and she just had a show oh nice uh with like works from mike kelly's estate up in the hamptons i think did you go no i did oh, not no, no. um but she's a very talented painter and i believe yeah it was just it's her gallery and she uh she there was no real curation it was a big shit it was an all it was a it was a call a, a big call for the yeah. show lots and lots of artists i don't know if anybody out there knows that but we should mention there were a lot of people we would never hold you to remembering all no, the I'm people. I'm just a participant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you know anybody else in the show, or you know, did you come to it through friends, or, or how did uh, it work I went on a date with a girl, and she told me the show was happening. I was like, well, perfect. I'm putting a piece in it. <laughs> nice. And uh, I mean, there's, I'm sure, some curation in how they arranged the pieces. Mine was uh, in the office room, so it had a pretty prime spot nice. on the wall. Nice. Uh, there was some East Village blog that 
there was an older woman in there taking pictures right before the cops shut it down, and I had to be in the room pointing my. You should have you barricaded the door, and you're like, "We're not done in here." Like everybody in this room is gonna see my piece and know I made it, and especially when you chain yourself to that stuff. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, this woman for some East Village blog took a picture of me in front of my piece, and there was a little. Little snippet on that, and it just had a picture of me and uh, the gallery owner in this article, and it was just like all the pictures of the cops shutting it down. I was like, "Oh, that's funny," but um, I don't know what the original question. There was, <laughs> there was a just so much energy around the show, and I think what happened in my little corner of the universe or social media or whatever was that the first thing I knew about the show was that it was so big. Mm-hmm. And then the question was, why? Why Why are all these people here? Who's in the show? And really, there's a lot of, of, of great people in the show, but you're one of the standout people in the show. And I think a lot of people found you after that show, kind of refound you from... Potentially. Is that potentially? Well, I think that's I true, like man. I what you're saying. So uh, yeah, well, no, I'm not... I'm not uh, Plus, I believe I'm, I'm, I'm you're, remembering you know. this just now. I think her name's Jamian, okay. the, the gallery owner. So, but... I digress. Well, listen, <laughs> there's got to be a reason why people are into your stuff. People are looking at your stuff on, you know, maybe maybe it wasn't this show. Maybe we shouldn't give them that much credit, and you're just self-propelled, Potential. you know, and you're just getting it done. I don't know. but uh, I'm certainly controlling my own narrative, so that could play in. You have to. I, I control the narrative just by being solely delusional. I really believe. A little bit of that. I do. I really believe. Like I don't have to memorize anything because I truly am delusional. And, mm. You know, I can I can hear it if you say, "Remember this thing you said." I can listen to it and say, "Oh, that sounds fucked up." Yeah, that's probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I probably did say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're saying I said it, then I believe it. Do you? Um, a lot of these shows are have all been in Manhattan, right? This other one was uh, in my Detroit. My first shows was in Detroit yeah. because that's where I'm from. Yeah, and yeah. then uh, I moved to Manhattan right after that show. It yes, yes. right before it and but yeah. So, so I guess what uh, what I was going to get there is do you do a lot of are are you looking for group shows in Brooklyn? Do you have an interaction with that scene? Are you out there a lot? Or I'm is a it bit of a Manhattan elitist. There we go, baby. A, a bit misplaced. WVFP. Yeah. Um my studio's in Bushwick, but I live yeah. in Manhattan. Lower Manhattan, of course, below 10th, very downtown. Um, I live below 10th. We're not even using 14th, baby. No. I live below 10th. 14th is over. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) I mean, you know, I'm not opposed to if the right gallery in Brooklyn, uh, you know, wanted to include my work in a show. Um, I just don't have a lot of Brooklyn galleries on my radar. Well, you know, that's that's what I was asking. You know, these things kind of move in currents, and Mm -hmm. sometimes you can get... A feeling for which circles are interested, or I feel like that scene's kind of the Brooklyn gallery scene has kind of had its moment and it's back to a downtown scene, if I'm not mistaken. You're not the first one to say that. Brooklyn gallery people come on the pod. Don't don't get angry. Yeah, don't take. We all we're all we're all in the same city. Yeah, don't be don't be mad. I feel like um, when I lived in Bushwick. This isn't to take anything away from Brooklyn galleries are great, great stuff going on. We love all of New York City. But there was a little bit of a thing where you started out in Bushwick. Mm-hmm. Maybe you got into a gallery in Dumbo. Now maybe you're in Chinatown. And there was definitely, no offense to anybody, a little bit of a pipeline there. Everybody wants to be in the city. Yeah. 
and so not to offend anybody, but maybe you've maybe you're skipping a level a little bit. I'd like to think I'm circumventing some nonsense. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People are gonna be bitter about that. They want you to. They want you to go go out there and pay pay your dues, as they say, the mutual abuse thing. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? People say, "Oh, well, I had to I had to live with the rats, do group shows at the Living Gallery." Out <laughs> <laughs> we love you guys. Come on, the fuck. I used to live out there, man. Who, rem- who remembers uh, Lone Wolf, the heavy metal bar? Hey, right in, guys. I had a lot of fun in Bushwick, but I, li- I live in Manhattan now as well, and we're Manhattaning it up every single day. Absolutely. What if uh, what if we did a little bit of New Yorky stuff here? Why not? What, what, what should we be doing in New York? You want to give us, like, here's a restaurant you used to like, but you hate it now? Here's a, here's the, here's a good place we should go? I just had a New York thing. Just had a New York interview yesterday and literally went on for 45 minutes about pizza with the most New York people yeah, on the okay. planet. You don't have to do that. Yeah, you know? I'm not going to be uh, put myself out there as a pizza connoisseur. I do, uh, I do enjoy Prince Street Slice here and there. Dude, but that's what the dude said last night. You're hitting a dude. <laughs> one of the guys, one of the New York, New York native guys. Called that out on the show. I mean, it's better than scars. Let's just say that. I'll no longer say anything. <laughs> you know, I think uh, unfortunately the new, the new gentrifier hotspot of the city, Dime Square, is where I do spend a lot of time. Just we're a Dime due, Square guy. Due to proximity, I mean, I live in the neighborhood, so uh, you know. And we got a lot of galleries down there. You know, yeah. King's Leap's down there. Lots King's Leap, yeah. No Gallery, Public Access, Lubav. What? Lubov? Is that how you pronounce it? Oh, yeah, it? Lubov. Yeah, yeah. That's um, an excellent gallery. Yeah, Lots of cool stuff going some on good there. Good shows going on at those places. You know, I've moved. Uh, I wouldn't take anything from Dimes Square. Obviously, a fun place. I go there sometimes. I don't wear this hat. It's a secret. I'm, you know, I'm ghosting around without the hat around. <laughs> 169 in the afternoon. Mm. Don't approach me. Um, but now, really, I've moved, I've moved west. Yeah. Because. I like that, you know, I lived in Bushwick in the early days. I like to think of myself as the original gentrifier, and I move around. I see too many people, I'm like, let's go, baby. Oh, yeah, you got to keep it moving. Yeah, so I'm over I'm over in South Soho, kind of. I like Soho a lot. Well, listen, now you got regular Soho, but I hang out in So-So. That's okay. South <laughs> yeah, Soho. Yeah, yeah. Down there, there's not a lot down there. No, I mean, Soho, there are very few spots worth being uh a regular very touristy very tourist very place. touristy yeah but i'm down there there happens to be uh there is a a crawl at uh, the corner of prince and mercer i, I won't name it because okay. i don't want to blow my spot up too there much, you go but, yeah uh, it is arguably the best bar in the city so. you know what we're getting pretty new yorky right now yeah. that was pretty good yeah. i like uh, dude i love <laughs> it so <laughs> that's some people on who are like why are you asking me about a restaurant <laughs> Yeah, I don't have. Uh, but I, you know what? But this is a New York centric show. You know, you know, it is. Yeah, yeah. No, those those are good. Those are good spots. I um, I've lost all my budget on this show for business lunches. Yeah, you know, it goes I've quick. Spent, <laughs> quick. I spent a month versus of business lunches in seven days. Happens. It was all worth it. Every of single course. thing that happened, it was wonderful. <laughs> Everybody out there who's slightly annoyed at what happened at these business lunches. You got to know it was the best time of my life. play fast and loose, right? I'm just being myself. (laughs) It's terrible. (laughs) I was told this weekend that I should have a little more of a plan as far as professionalism goes, meaning a little more pretense. People, 
people would like a little bit more pretense for I me. believe in intention. I think intention guides everything. But yeah. you also have to leave room for, for circumstance and, uh, you know, the unpredictable nature of things. Yeah, that's why I usually have a co-host. To rein you in. Well, it's good to have somebody else. Like, yeah. uh, if, I'm do, if I'm trying to make somebody laugh, these fucking interviews are so much different. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I can't really do it to the guest because there's this weird thing. Yeah. Like, if there's a side person, mm -hmm. you know, or somebody else, and then they can interject when I run off to the restroom. Yeah. Yeah, keep it going. You know that these things appear uncut. Okay. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, do, I mean, you know. Do you think people want to know about that before they come in? I don't think it matters. Where the fuck you get these I think boots once at? you get people. Where are these boots at? Are these some uh, vintage Lucchese's? Real authentic cowboy shit. Um, I can see on the bottoms. I like the bottoms. Yeah, they're pretty, you bring these, pretty you, beat to hell. I got to get them resold. You bring these from the Midwest or you got them here? No, no. Uh, I got these uh, on the internet. Nice. Man, it's a hard buy boots on the internet. I got these motherfuckers from... It was from, quite the gamble, but it worked out. I got these from Boot Barn okay. in New Mexico. It's the largest work boot oh, retailer. I'm familiar with Boot Barn. Oh, -ho! <laughs> yes, baby. I don't know. There's probably a lot of them out there. I don't know the West that well. They're, so, yeah, they're definitely out west, not so much. Yeah. So um, I got these things. This is not these are, these are this is a low end western work boot. Okay. Um, so what you've got here is a more of a fashion, more of an upscale boot. This it's, is an it's upscale. A bit, thing. It's more upscale for yeah. sure. But yeah. Lucchese is the oldest family owned uh, yeah. cow these, boot maker, nice. cowboy boot maker in the in the country perhaps the world so. it's it's pretty nice these are your basic brand uh work western work boots area no they're meant to compete with stuff like that okay. and i'm not going to tell you what it is but i will say that i tell everybody they're cody wilson's okay that's just that's what i say it's not true so anybody out there who I've told the last week, even if you're a celebrity, and I've said, yeah. these are called Cody Wilson's, and you that's Googled good. that, that's called a troll. Yeah. I, I just, it's a friendly little troll. I'm not going to tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, cowboy boots are, they're an essential piece of the, piece of the, the style, you know. You ever think about getting, you go into the, you go to, um, it's a guy in Gramercy. It's another guy, there's another lady over by NYU, but they'll put a nice rubbering here on the end. Okay. They'll put a yeah. patch of rubber there, so when you come down the subway stair, you could still put your foot forward, which yeah. you might have learned to stop doing. Oh yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know be, that's the yeah. end of that. You know? uh, the stairs in my building are uh, marble steps that are oh, so nice. sanded down that they they might as well be curved. So it's quite the sobriety task going up and down them. Yeah, totally. coming home, but even in the daytime, you know, might might break your ankle and fall down the stairs. Not fun. Hey, it's worth it for the fashion. Oh, of man. course, you know. Uh, dude, let me, let me tell you something, man. I'm just gonna go on about boots now. Yeah, I like I like a hard sole shoe in general, like a real shoe, an Italian shoe with a sole. Yeah, you know what I mean. Sneakers are played out. Sneakers are whacked. Okay, I'm gonna go at sneakers right now. This is just how I have some sneakers. Guys, relax. Everybody in the sneaker lobby, come on the pod. Nah, you can get them pissed off. Really? Oh, oh we're going to go at them? Yeah. Boo, kick the door. In. I have some sneakers. Oh, I can't believe. Um, this, there seems to be some kind of weird psyop, commercial capital psyop that's gone on in the last couple decades mm -hmm. where all grown men wear things made out of foam. It's just a squishy foam. Yeah. It's about 10 cents worth of squishy foam. Mm -hmm. Not all sneakers. Maybe you got some nice sneakers made somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. But a lot of it's just... We're wearing foam. Yeah. Why not? Why can't we have a sole and a Let's real shoe? It. 
people humanity invented shoes let's just keep with the yeah. arc of shoe wear <laughs> return to tradition as they say right yeah yeah i mean a, a bit of lore about me is i you know i did study industrial design and That's my focus right. was footwear so oh, okay i'm well versed in uh footwear and uh I've rejected that. I choose the cowboy boot as right. preferred. You even know, you know what the good things are about yeah, it, and you run it away. I'm running away. <laughs> I don't need comfortable shoes, you know. The right. The focus out west, on comfort. They didn't have comfortable shoes when uh, you know they were going through, you know, the the mountain ranges to settle yeah. in California. It's true. They had, uh, you know, they were eating horses on each other, so. That's right. The shoes were the least of their concern. Why do I need comfortable shoes now? I had somebody say to me the other day what I was going to do in the wintertime. I said, what do you mean by that? I said, what? <laughs> These are going to get ruined. Uh, they are work, but what are you talking That's about? That's what they're meant for. Yeah. <laughs> wear them, right? What else am I going to wear? I'm not going to wear the wingtips in wintertime. You wear the boots. Exactly. Um, when I, we should tell the audience that this and this episode was conceived way early on in this project it was i reached out to you in the original batch of people isn't that true i believe you could so. got that feeling you don't know for sure but you have the feeling that it was it was i didn't know what the project was right nobody no, knew then no yeah. clue of its existence i yeah, still am yeah. unclear on the yeah, name that's it, awesome it's some letters i don't know what they it sounds like a radio for. station yeah okay fair it does <laughs> that's for sure there's um, a lot of radio sounds over it. <laughs> that means it's a radio station but uh, yeah, the the month of September is quite busy for me. So here we. No, are. no, it's all good. What what I was going to say was, October. we conceived this, and I did a bunch of stuff for your episode. But I just threw it in the gar. I don't I don't know where it went. But I I did a bunch of stuff for your episode, and it was um, advanced self defense courses throughout the Northeast. Okay. And I did the Northeast because I wanted it to be real information that we might be able to use. Mm -hmm. I don't have it in front of me anymore, but it was some hilarious stuff. Some of these places are in New Hampshire. Okay. Now, out west, I thought about this because when I was out west, the, this this kind of stuff was offered everywhere. But here in the Northeast, you got to dig a little more into the sympathetic states. Um, but there's a lot of really cool um, advanced self-defense knife classes. Okay. How to defend yourself when your back's on the ground. All sorts of stuff like that. Um, emergency throwing of the weapon. This is like really sometimes fun. you gotta ditch it. Yeah, sometimes you don't, you don't want to get a felony <laughs> charge, right? Yeah, there was some really fun stuff. Um, another one was a um, handgun class about reloading under duress. Oh yeah, um, that's very what to do if full information. What what to do if two men are tackling you and it's pointed at the ground? All sorts of stuff. I thought it was really fun, man. So I had all these printouts. That's great. <laughs> yeah. These are things people need to know. They don't. You know? I feel like like. Uh, you know the old story, like uh, a tree, one tree grows in Brooklyn. I feel like that tree has been cut down and is made into a self-defense weapon now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's what should be done. Where's that tree at? That's make. That's how you make the uh, stock. Yeah. That's right. True. <laughs> I can't help but uh, notice there's a magazine on the table with a Los Angeles apparel advertisement. Oh, yeah, that's not my that. fault. You know, uh, we, we got here. We're calling. He didn't know it, but we just called out Sex Magazine a little. Oh, okay. Sex Magazine's a great magazine, but they have a lot of ads in here that seems like maybe they were just, maybe there's people reaching out for ads that weren't exactly, I don't know. Isn't this a New York City thing? Uh, yeah, it's uh, primarily New York, I believe. You know, they do L.A. stuff, too. But I turned I, it over so we don't have to see L.A. now. I just mean, I'm, a, I'm right a big fan of the city of Los Angeles. Oh, so you give me a sh Hey, city of Los Angeles, come on the pod. This guy's going to go out there. I'm, uh... Yeah, I'll be back in February. I had some fun out there in May. Um, 
I it's a good time to escape New York. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I. Uh, but speaking of Los Angeles, I see the Los Angeles Apparel ad. Now it's no American Apparel, but you know Dove Charney, genius businessman. Yeah. Great eye, pinnacle of uh, graphic design with those early American Apparel advertisements. Totally. So. That's how we all know about it. Absolutely. Um, I once absconded to Key West and started a T-shirt business, oh, yeah. in which was based on the, the the American Apparel store had just opened there. Mm -hmm. wasn't new, but they didn't have one down there. Yeah. And I uh, started a T-shirt business that used them. And it became very expensive, and then uh, we used up all the investment money, and uh, I fled the city. I that fled, that I was fled Key that West. was your beach bum arc. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a beach bum arc. We lived really well down there. Uh, we had a bunch of investment money, and then uh, I was a I was younger. I, I may have, I mean, you're not really that young. I was young. Am I not young? Nah, you're not. No, no, I'm no. no, no. What are you I was gonna say I was gonna say something to you before <laughs> about like Carson. about like a new <laughs> new generation of gallery artists taking over and like all this stuff. And then I thought, ah, you're not really that young. But anyway, how old do you think I am? Uh, I'm going with uh, 27. Nope. Too high. Yes. Well, I'm getting close, man. You know what? Blink once and you're going to be there. But uh, <laughs> um, I was a little younger, probably even a little younger than you. And uh, that's what happens to the investment money. I'm 24. Let's just have that <laughs> on the record. Just as of, as of two weeks ago. So almost 23. But um, do you not want to be thought of as like 27? Then that's a really long time from now. I, like, yeah, like, 27, okay, bro. At 27, <laughs> I will. Uh, have accomplished quite a lot of things, so we have uh, we have a couple years to go. If do you have a number for me for a yacht party? You know, you a know number about for yeah. A yacht like party? I know, I notice you. I notice maybe the people around you. I don't. know, You can educate me. You guys are having a lot of boat parties. I've been to a boat party. There What's that guy's number? I don't have a number. I was not involved. <laughs> Actually, my roommate was partially involved with it. So maybe oh, man. I can see through him. There's another yacht party that was supposed to happen that was canceled. Allegedly, the boat was confiscated on the Canadian border. I don't Very know what cool. happened with that. Yeah. But you know, I'm uh, I'm not super tapped into. All the right, yacht. so you don't. I, I just want to, you know, I just want to know. I see something cool we, going we, on. We can talk about it after. Hit me uh, the after my first basil. <laughs> yeah. I might I might do some recon down there. Are you going down this year? No, no not down. this year. Oh, okay. Maybe next year. I'm uh. uh I refuse to visit Miami until I'm flown out. So I I'm with you. Do you want to hear something totally delusional? Absolutely. I never went there because no one would ever represent me there. And they were all like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, listen, I'm not going as a spectator. No. So don't invite me. We don't believe in spectator sports. You know that I did this really crazy thing where I pretended to be there. Oh, I re really? I released some work. I photoshopped myself into the exhibitions. Oh, that's good. That's a good one. It was really funny. It was a terrible work. I, <laughs> the work wasn't up to par. Maybe that's why I'm not at Basel. But uh, I liked it. And then I, I did that, and I, I put it um, in everybody's expositions. I got Bass unfollowed, I think, that time. <laughs> you know what happens? The haters, the haters will feed from time to time. What makes that. me real, feel really good is when res people I respect unfollow mm -hmm. me, but then they follow me right back. Like they're like, uh, they decide like, oh, he's just he's just Arsler. Oh, uh, just he's not. He doesn't have any we bad intentions. Retarded on the podcast. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> I um, Arsler. They just uh, they they just realize at some point that I don't have bad intentions. I just have a mental illness, and you know, they, they come back around. That's many such cases. <laughs> yeah. 
That's uh, that's the majority of uh, New York, especially. I, that's what I happens. thought. It's a town of big personalities. People like to to champion autism like it is a personality. So. Right. Yeah. I told somebody on this pod that I thought that the Adderall game in New York was getting a little big and it is becoming like a personality, like the Adderall personality. Oh, sure. And uh, that almost ended my podcast. She was like this. What about Adderall? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you going to go cut that out later? And I was like, yeah, probably. I probably will cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> These episodes are coming out uncut, everybody. Come on. <laughs> no filler. I don't know. This is the part where I just sneak off and you talk to the co-host for a little while. I love doing that. I just pretend like I, I can't wait one more. I got, oh, I'll be right back. I'm smoking a left-hand cigarette outside. Yeah. I'm I, I'm here to reassure the audience that we're so I sober when this uh, broadcast began because I wouldn't do that to you. I wouldn't well, do that to the audience. The, the professionalism. I, I also schedule these things early in the day so mm. that I'm not tempted. Yeah, I mean, I've had a cup of coffee this morning. So I had enough espresso to ruin this fucking episode. This I think like we're, we're, like we're hanging in there so far. You're, you're, uh, there's some tangents going on. So <laughs> we're good. I feel like I'm. I feel like I was asking you some stuff. I wrote down a bunch of stuff about you, and then on the next page, I wrote down a bunch of stuff that I'm angry about. Okay. And I was deciding, like I don't know. If we it go got... back and forth. One question about me. One <laughs> point you're angry about. Do you have any like fucked up political theories you'd like to throw at everybody, or some conspiracies you're into, or anything? Uh, I mean, like I that? believe in most conspiracies. I don't think they're conspiracies. Nice. I'm right there with you. Oh yeah, we're really vibing now with the radio station. <laughs> You know, this is uh, ideally reminiscent of our early InfoWars episode. Don't right? say stuff like that. No. No, no. I, I, I don't know. We're trying to be good <laughs> right now. I, just, I had to stop somebody Alex from... Alex Jones is the greatest performance artist alive, I think. Come on the pod, InfoWars, guys. That's probably never going to happen for me. I don't want to... He's a big one. I don't want to think too big, but I believe he was on somebody else's show. In this very studio. Oh, really? Let's not get crazy, but oh. I think early on they might have been doing it in here on this floor. I'm not. Yay, yay, yay. Oh, we should talk to WTF Studios because uh, now that my channel is live, it wasn't when I was here last mm -hmm. Sunday. Maybe they need to put me on the website there, right next to the famous hip hop artists, right next to the Chubby other guy, yeah. famous people who record here. Sometimes allegedly bumping my times. I know you're rich and famous, but I, I got scheduled time. Allegedly, uh, they should put my my thing on the website. I'm unfamiliar with this WTF Studios, but uh, come on the pod. No, I'm just kidding. We're here. Now. <laughs> no, um, I'm just you know you you mentioned Alex Jones, and I believe <laughs> I believe that he was a guest on one of these shows that films here. It's been a couple years now. Though. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta start using video, or they'll yeah, never why come. Not? They're never coming without the video. Nah, videos, video really sells. I gotta prove there were girls. Just asses and seats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll paywall that too. Yeah, I'll be paywalled. I'll be like, you should see this. Everything. Like, no, we're not seeing it. But there's kind of an implicit threat behind a lot of this because uh, if you don't give me the five dollars, I'm gonna do something crazy. 
You know, like I, I people pre- will want you to do something crazy. I know I'm gonna go get arrested or something. You probably have that in your future, huh? You ever been to jail or anything? No, no, I have a clean record. No, that that we know about. Answers. Something in the juvie there has been locked, and no, we can never know. So. No juvie. <laughs> I mean, I I was a juvenile delinquent to some extent, but uh, a clean record for sure. You got out of it, whatever it was. I'm sure I'm on some watch list, but I'm I'm good. <laughs> I'm a patriot. We'll put it. We'll leave it at that. You're putting a lot of sus things on the internet, probably under another account, or what's going on? <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't believe in anonymous accounts. Ooh, I, nice. I, I'm tying my face to my words. So. Nice. Okay. All right. Yeah, he's not scared. He's out. He's no. outside, as we say in South Florida. You're outside. Right yeah, now. I'm outside. Yeah, for baby, sure. outside. Controlling the narrative. <laughs> That's right. That's how you have to do it. I also don't like anonymous accounts. I mean, your name's out there, but I couldn't find a picture of your face, and that's hmm. why I was like, I'm, I might be getting murdered this afternoon. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, I've done, I've done an extensive... Uh, I've done an extensive... You seemingly know a bit about me, so... <laughs> <laughs> do you want to talk about the pseudonym a little bit? Is there a... Um... What do you mean? That's my legal name. I got All right, okay. Name. All right, it's a, I mean, this, uh, this production doesn't care. We're just here to profile the artist, but let's face it, it only took me five seconds to find out, don't it? Yeah, you know, it happens, it happens. But, you know, that's... that's uh, if anyone chooses to do yeah. the digging, though... I kind of like that, though, because it's like you're not hiding anything. You're doing you. You're using the name you want to use, but, like... You're not an internet. You're not an Interpol criminal, and they could find you if they felt like it. I'm just an Interpol fan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Obstacle One's a great song, but uh, how do yeah. people? How do people find out about these bands from that time period, man? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that's uh, that's my whole cup of tea. Oh okay. So I went when I was in New Mexico this summer. <clears throat> that stuff's really popular out there. Oh, I'm sure. It's ripping through society. Uh, also, I heard a lot of typo negative and stuff like that. Okay. All sorts of crazy stuff out there. I mean, yeah, well, especially it. in the desert, it's uh, there's something in the air there. There's something around, in the air there. Something else. In Albuquerque, the kids there, I'm talking about from 15 to maybe 35. Mm-hmm. Everyone's wearing black. Heavy metal rules the day. And the, my first day at Albuquerque, I thought there was a Marilyn Manson concert <laughs> because it was a Wednesday. And teenagers are masked on the corner in gothic garb. And I was like, oh, wow, somebody's playing. That's kind of cool. That's just how it is there. Yeah. It was Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. It looked like, uh, you know, it looked like 1999 goth hmm. empire there. It's really strange. I wonder though. what the reasoning for that, uh, you know, because what? There's the new age I don't know. hippie health thing going on or it's just a uh, full on mall core hot topic. Al- Albuquerque's a working class place. Mm-hmm. It's not Santa Fe, it's yeah. not Taos, very working class. And you know what it rem- the whole thing reminded me of Iowa okay. in the early aughts, I think even the early aughts where a lot of stuff that kind of seemed over from the 90s was just burning hot there. New metal, right? Yeah. If not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but even after it was all kind of over, there's there's still a lot of places there where it was like heavy metal rules the day, and yeah. that's how it is. It's I like mean, Mexico to, City. Yeah. I'd have to imagine parts of the West are a bit of a cultural vacuum. I would think so. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I just act like I'm cool because I'm from the East Coast, but when I grew up in South Florida... There wasn't anything happening there. No. We were getting everything from television. You're from Detroit. Yeah. A lot of good music comes from Detroit. Absolutely. Iggy, White Stripes, 
all of the rave culture I know about. You know, that was a bit before my time. Of course. And yeah. even when I was in school, it did not have the renaissance it's having right now. Right now, now it is. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, there's good good rap music, good rock music. Black you know, Flag played their last show there in 1984, I believe. Right. So uh, quite oh, the... Oh, here we go. Quite the uh, cultural resonance there. And look, well, I, I think I'm a hard guy, but I go back there and I'm like, oh, this is where we're going? Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, it's uh, the city served me well, but uh, I had to get out. I also am not a huge fan of Brooklyn because it reminds me. It has a lot of yeah. crossover. With it's similar, right? Industrial, has suburban qualities. So, you know, Manhattan's a real city. Yeah. The many would say maybe the only real city. So. We love you, Brooklyn. Come on the pod. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, T V. I was raised by T V to some extent. I mean a lot of people have uh you know, these internet poisoned individuals, they have uh Thank you. A brain shaped by whether it be 4chan or Tumblr, but well, wait, what if what if we were doing the shaping? Is that okay? <laughs> Hey, why not? You know. Somebody, not everybody's beads shaped. Some people have to shape. Absolutely, that's true. <laughs> I think my early brain was was shaped by uh, the dying breath of MTV, the the yeah. music videos, the the niche cultural ephemera. But yeah, um, I like you know everybody's leaves their town and they go they go to something bigger. And most people in New York come from somewhere. Not else. everybody does that. Yeah. <laughs> When I was when I first moved to New York City, I just thought I was hot shit because I'm mm. no one from where I live ever lived in New York. Yeah, City. So I thought I was pretty hot shit, and I used to say something that I feel a little bad about now. It's kind of an insult. I used to use a phrase called "stay behind," and it's wildly insulting. Uh, I kind of like that. And I used to say I would say it. Unfortunately, just a jerky little jerky kid, man. I would say it, unfortunately to people like you and your stay behind friend from you know wherever. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring any of your stay-behind friends here when they visit, okay? No, absolutely not. Uh, you know, some people should, right? Well, I have to tell you, man, I go back I go back to South Florida now, and I love it. I I had a thing inside me when I was a kid. I wanted to escape. I want to conquer. I want to mm-hmm. go out, and, I, you know, I moved to the city. But I go, I, I've made peace. With, oh, absolutely. You know, I go back, and I give them the high five, give them the salute. You got to put the some real boys between where you're from so that you can go back and appreciate it. So, yes. you know, that's how I feel about it. Detroit now, so yeah, I feel that about just America in general. Absolutely, I, you live in this city, and it it seems like America, but you oh, cross the bridge, and you're like, oh, like the echo chamber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, this is as fantasy land as it gets. Yeah, there's Los yeah. Angeles, but there's just not that many people there like there is here. Los Angeles doesn't have what New York has. Many might be malding over that statement, but it's it's true. I mean, a lot of people in Los Angeles are grasping onto whatever's happening here which there's not much of really but uh you know it is they are a couple steps behind isn't isn't um let's make some people angry again um isn't los angeles forever really a cultural outpost of new york city yeah I'd, the, I would the, agree. the movie business got too big and we just kind of shifted out there I, don't, I mean, I don't. I, I'm not super well versed feel, on the history. I oh, I don't know anything about any history. It, it was, uh, it, it you know, Hollywood is Hollywood, right? That was the birthplace. But uh, you know, there's uh, that stuff happens everywhere. There's plenty yeah. of plenty of uh, film and TV happening in New York. So, um, the guy who wrote the lovely, 
I'm the theater guy. I should remember all the musicals. He said, um, New York's where you go to make it, and Los Angeles is where you go to get paid really, really well for the worst thing you probably did. I, I like that. <laughs> hey, that doesn't sound he too He fell bad. off the horse and he lost his leg. Come on, everybody. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I'll end up in L.A., for sure. You hope but, so. Uh, we all hope so. I'll, it's, I'll it's not going to be anytime soon. Got too much to do here mm-hmm. in Lower Manhattan. So. That's right. They'll come a call in one day. Absolutely. That's when you go when other people call you. You know, don't call them. Uh, no, I know. I like uh, going on your own terms. Yeah. But uh, until then, we'll we'll do the whole bi-coastal thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how anybody in this business stays afloat. We make a lot of jokes about Los Angeles on the show because you know we're in New York City, but. I don't know how people stay afloat in the art business, in the culture business, without being bi-coastal at some point. That's really... Uh, yeah, bi-coastal and even, you know, international. Right? Whoa! If, if, you're, if you're so privileged to, yeah. to show overseas, yeah. right? Berlin Weekly. Bring this show to Berlin. Yeah. Bring my little talk right. show to Berlin. That would be wonderful. Yeah. So, <laughs> there's that, right? Oh, man. Yeah, I... Um, New York City's got this weird mystification over me because I live in a tiny little box in the sky, mm-hmm. and I would not accept this anywhere else on the planet. Yeah. Really. I don't see, I don't foresee that happening. But uh, for some reason, you know, me, a lot of people, especially living in Manhattan, man, you know, I, I'm outside a lot. Uh, you gotta be. Yeah, I like. I, I don't think you should live in Manhattan, especially you know, south of the park, unless you want to be doing stuff. You will be outside. You yeah, know. you have to be on the streets at all times, you do. right? I mean, yeah. even uh, I have a roof. Uh, you know, I feel like many people don't have roof access from their apartment. God, it's wonderful when you have that. You know, and I'm the only. Uh, it's it's my roof. I'm I'm out there all the time, really? and I don't see anybody else. And it's like, okay, that's that's pretty fucking weird. Right. I wonder if you Manhattanites are just not as as linked up with the roof as the Brooklyn. When I lived in Brooklyn, mm. I'd go see a place. I didn't have roof access. I was like, what are you, crazy? Yeah. And we're in Brooklyn. Where's the roof at? <laughs> I think in Manhattan, it's a little, people care a little less. Like, the titan of industry is like, I don't give a shit about this. Nah. Yeah, yeah. I have a good view of that Jenga building right from my roof. <laughs> right, right. I barely even see those units lit up at night. The Jenga building. Who Do you know who did the building? I have no clue, but I think it's Vessel to Hell. <laughs> I think it's got some more feeding to do. I think the <laughs> Bed Bath & Beyond executive, he jumped from that. Oh, right. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. I don't think he'll be the only one to do like that. One more um, Marilyn trimmer, and that thing might go over. You know? Yikes. <laughs> My favorite skyline is the uh, telecom building down there, the Verizon building. That's my favorite Verizon building. or the AT&T one? Oh, they're both of them. Okay. And uh, the AT and T one really rubs me the wrong way. That the one by Pace. I believe so. Um, this is the most ugly building in the city. I mean, it's uh, it's. <laughs> what the, are we doing with this the building? NSA headquarters, right? You would get. You would guess so. Why else I, would we I be dealing with this? <laughs> Shut it's, your phone off when you go by. It's radioactive proof. I'm sure there's a better term for that, but uh, right, right. It's uh, it will survive a nuclear holocaust, from what they say. Right. Which yeah. is why it's so ugly. I remember, uh, you know, at one time in the city, you know, when there was some international problems, they had missile batteries on the roofs of some people's apartments. Oh, wow. They never told anybody. There was a huge scandal in New York City where 
people found out that there were missile batteries on their roofs. <laughs> Very angry, you know? Yeah, that's crazy. You could have told us. <laughs> yeah, well, there's plenty they don't tell us. Oh, yeah, well. I know. That's why I asked you. That's why I asked you about some fun conspiracies or anything like that. It's funny that you say you believe them all because, like, we have nothing to talk about because I do too. Well, I don't believe I don't. them all. No, you believe all. You know. You're a flat earther. You be, no, no not a flat earther. <laughs> um, you know, I don't trust NASA one bit. Don't know what they're doing. That's an empty hole of money laundering, probably. Right? You know, I think they might be communicating with uh, interdimensional demons. <laughs> they are. It is a Nazi-founded organization. Wait, they couldn't see. It's just <laughs> that's a uh, lie. What you said about me, I can see just fine. World Economic Forum. We don't like them too much. Not a big fan of Klaus Schwab. I'm not gonna own nothing and like it. I will own. I'm gonna own a bunch. I will of stuff. own all sorts of shit. I, I like to uh, reference the the scene in Spring Breakers when James Franco playing riffraff invites the Disney Channel girls back to his back to his home. And he goes, look at all my shit. <laughs> I say that every time I walk into my studio and I look at all my work, I go, look at all my shit. I know a guy that likes to say to his dog, I own you. That's, yeah, you <laughs> he says it all the time in this really weird way. <laughs> it's, that's, it's strange, but that is the social contract there. I brought the steak home, buddy. Yeah. We know what's going on. We love steak. Let's see. If I had this, what's my favorite conspiracy right now? Oh, there's no democracy. Um, let's see. Yeah, that's it, you know. I don't know. I am running away from any kind of political stuff all the time now. Uh, I'm running, running away as fast I as I can. I refuse to participate in uh, the red versus blue binary. Especially politics. socially. It's the lowest, uh, lowest form yeah. of conversation. What I would much rather gossip about other people I know. I hate it when people start talking politics because I start thinking I'm gonna gossip about this later. I, I mean, it's I like, like the gossip. It's better. worse than talking about the weather. You know what are we talking yeah. about here? Well, you know, it's like that old natural born killers thing where you know they talk about the news being like the weather, and they show yeah. a little stretches out across America. It is kind of like the weather, I hate right? The news. Sometimes I think um, this is just me being delusional. Everything's about me. But I wake up in the morning. If I were to check the news, please mm -hmm. God, don't make me do it. But if I did check the news. Sometimes I think it's just uh, they put it on there just to make me feel sad or something. They're trying oh, to control it's, the it's way trauma I... trauma porn. Yeah. My quality of life has only significantly increased since uh, not following the news. It's like, you know, I know what affects my day-to-day -day life, and otherwise I don't need it. Yeah. Is that... you think that happened to a lot of people kind of after COVID, like we were glued to this hurricane scenario? Yeah, I would hope so. I mean, they were just uh, instilling fear into people, and what does that do to you? That makes you paranoid, schizophrenic, and that only uh, has a negative impact on society, so... Right. Yeah, I don't... You know, another thing about my mental illness is, guys, it works without you. You don't need to be yeah, here. Exactly. You don't need to be pushing me around and stuff. I'm doing it to it's myself. It's a lot more fun when you get to choose what uh, yeah. what to freak out about, right? Yeah, totally. Like, I'll do it myself. Yeah. If, you, if you want to freak me out, just go away. Don't I'm doing it. Don't weaponize me. I can weaponize myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like that whole thing where the people are like, you know, um, what you're saying is a danger to others or what you're saying, what you're doing might be a danger to others. And every time I've ever heard that, you know, especially when you hear about misinformation and stuff like that, I always think like people or me are more of a danger to myself. I'm a danger to others from my stupid. No, it's a danger to me. I mean, I first, just, what, you know? what the hell kind of argument is that? That's fucking stupid. Like words are words, right? You either yeah. choose to to participate in the conversation or 
believe what you hear, but you know that's that's a a personal problem. If you're gonna let somebody sway your your views of things or be scared or right. view words as harmful, right. unless you're you know right you know like actively uh, threatening someone's life, and what what are we talking about here? You're saying something controversial and that's harmful. Yeah, grow up. Well, ve- very soon, um, you know. All of that's just a power play, right? I don't need There's to understand. There's a war on language. There's an er- erosion of words. I mean, what does fascism mean anymore? Yeah, it's just who I, I don't like, agree I like with. I the term body fascism. <laughs> I want to look good. I'm going to keep it tight. The, the fascism of beauty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, there is a war on beauty. Nobody's seemingly talking about. Yeah. Why not? That's right. That's why they're against you. You got a little bit of haters uh, there. You know, they just don't like the be- they don't I, like the beauty. I love the haters and I love beauty. <laughs> come on, the come beauty, on the show haters. The most important thing, you know, I'm not talking just purely aesthetics, but it's a, it's a ideology, it's a way of life, and there is oh. a war on it at look, all angles. Look, man, do you know what a diatribe is? Because you're gonna have to kind of control this podcast for a second. Okay, I, I'm like three minutes, but you can't be dead air. You're gonna cut out. You ready? Look, because... Are you using the restroom? Because I kind of have to use the restroom as well. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you can't let there be dead air. But you can say something secret I don't know about. You know I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to control the narrative as I tend to do. So I'll be honest, I... Since it's just me on a hot mic right now, I could get into some trouble. I didn't know anything about Nathan. I was a bit concerned for my own safety. There have been gang stalkers before. I think I'm a targeted individual. Partially due to my own doing, I may invite that, but hey, I'm not complaining. Was not sure what I was getting myself into. No, was not told about what the topic matter of this podcast would be. And... He likes to derail the conversation. I don't know what the hell we were talking about for the most part, but um, this is fun. We're having fun here. You know, $5 is is quite the ask for a, a burgeoning podcast. I wish him the best, but, you know, I like to, I believe in the the democracy of my own words, so... Maybe we'll see if we can get this released from the paywall and the people can hear what I have to say. If not, you can just follow me on social media where I go on tangents about various subject matter. Andy's back. You don't have to run like I did. I'm I'm professional. I'm good. I'll I'll hold it down. (laughs) It's just coffee. We're good. If I drank a gallon of water, we might be in a different boat. Don't even tell me what you're talking about. I want to be angered later. I want to be surprised. Oh, we're good. I was just feeling... I didn't I didn't go on any rants yet. You didn't rant or anything? Huh? Oh, I'm sorry. I have to go to the bathroom. Okay. We're getting scolded a lot here at the audio studio, and I deserve it. Fair enough. <coughs> I like to be ungovernable, so I wouldn't take that from anybody. Well... I've come into Nobody's this. Nobody's gonna hold me accountable. Listen, <laughs> maybe a beautiful woman might, but uh, that's actually deep. You know what I mean? You know. It's like uh, I make sacrifices for what is worth it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, sacrifices are good. 
You got to make them. Somebody's got to be out there being ungovernable. I unfortunately have entered into a corporate agreement here. So yeah, now I'm well. That's fair. You know, now I'm. Uh, now I do have to govern myself. I've been, like I said earlier in this podcast, we've been told a lot lately. Hey, look, we would like a professional representative of this new station. Mm-hmm. Why don't you show up to some of these lunches sober? That's what I was told. <laughs> I think, I think it's a little much, little being little much made of it. But uh, you know, you gotta play by your own rules to some extent. I guess once you sign some paperwork and there's money involved, things change. But I'm a little outside. I'm a little outside the thing, you know. And if I show up to these things and I'm dressed like them, I'm talking like them. I'm not me anymore. Also. I have a reputation. You don't want to compromise, right? I got a reputation. I'm wearing this giant hat. Yeah. I have fuck, you know. There's, oh, you're in this giant hat, but show up sober. Okay, guys. <laughs> that's really, that's you know, really gonna happen. There's cowboys and there's nerds, and when you wear the hat, you gotta participate in cowboy behavior, right? I kind of feel like you're wearing the hat and you're not participating. You maybe need a talking to. Absolutely. That's where the scolding comes in. It's sacrilege, right? You can't wear the hat and not be the hat yeah i guess uh there's probably some there's probably some personal messed up identity delusion like uh i wonder what piece of what garment would make me commit crimes like this hat the hat doesn't make this hat doesn't make me commit crimes maybe a ski mask might send you over (laughs) you're just always wearing it (laughs) Uh, you'd be surprised how many people you see just with the uh, with the shiesty on at all times. <laughs> That's why in wintertime in New York City on the subway is like a little scary because it's okay to cover your whole face. You know, you got to keep your hat on a swivel. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. There's a lot of crime in this city. No, don't talk country. about it. People get so mad when you uh, talk about it. I know. Well, <laughs> people, again, I said this is fantasy land, right? People yeah. act like, you know. It's yeah. New York City. You're bulletproof. That's not not the case. No, they do think that. It's really funny. It's crazy. Yeah. As I, if Dime Square is a safe haven. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's it's ever not. been mugged here. <laughs> 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 when I moved into my apartment in Bushwick, there was a pile of purses in the middle of the room, and uh, <laughs> I let my <laughs> I let my new roommates kind of look around it and wonder what was going on. And I told them a couple of days later, those are all the purses that were stolen on the street. <laughs> Dumped them out here. You know? Oh, so it was like uh, somebody had been squatting and stashing? Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it definitely wasn't you stealing the purses. It definitely wasn't a young woman in Bushwick who just forgot 20 purses with different people's IDs. Of them Absolutely when she moved not. That would never happen. <laughs> I don't endorse street crime or anything like no, that. No, no, we hate crime. I grew I, uh, you know, I was... I did some stuff. I believe in chaos and order, but you got to have both of them. It's true. Do we have a little bit of honor kind of iron some of that out? Oh, of course. You got to got to carry yourself with Do, honor. Also also having your own code of conduct even if it's outside of what the legal code is. You have to have principles, right? Most people don't have principles. They don't That's believe right. in anything. They have no beliefs. They well, stand for nothing. They have a they have a capital impulse. You know, like if I act up in this restaurant, I have to leave, but I've already paid. There's a capital impulse I kind of behaviorally. Many people have that, but you know, there's a whole demographic of NPCs that I believe are kind of just uh, operating on some sort of plane that we they're not even we real. won't know about. <laughs> I should get a little pass when I'm in the grocery store. I'd be like, all these people are NPCs. 
I go next. Yeah, exactly. These people are obviously not playing the character. I mean, you can look at people in the eyes sometimes and just know there's nothing going on upstairs. I know. That's a sad, That's one of the sad ones. Uh, oftentimes, I'm very uh, attracted to people um, that I'm attracted to mm. who maybe, maybe they look a little vacant in the eyes. I kind of like the mystery of... I like to see something going on. <laughs> Some kind of machinery. <laughs> yeah, I want to I see the gears. I don't thing. like the machinery because then I think, oh, I'll be found out. So I like a little, play the game, a little less, a little less machinery, a little more dancing. As they try to find you out, you only up the ante. And just you know what happens is, uh, as they discover more of who I am personally, it's just crazier and crazier until they're exhausted. And I open up the next one, and they're like, "What, really?" I'm like, "Yeah, man, California." <laughs> like, "Fuck, we're out of here." <laughs> That's how my relationships go. It's like a blooming onion from Outback. It's like pudding in the middle. I've never had one. I'm familiar with the with the the meal. Of course. Haven't heard they're great though. I wouldn't eat one. I'm saying yeah. that it's like that. But in th yeah, it's a great. Uh, great I I, uh, I lived with a girl from Australia once, mm -hmm. and her first time in America was when we we picked her up at the Miami airport. Okay. And she saw a billboard with the blooming onion on it in Outback, and didn't ta stop talking about it for days. She was like. That's not what it's like in Australia. Yeah, she was offended. It's we were like, we know, we know that it's not like that in Australia. There's nothing Australian about Outback Steak. For a fried onion. They play like, uh, who's a dude who's married to Nicole Kidman? That's the most Australian thing about them. They play right. his music there. Um, it's you, a low not only American Steakhouse. Yeah. And not only was she offended by the Outback Steakhouse, but then she... She like thought of a way to come back at us, even though I didn't. I didn't invent Outback. So oh, every now okay. and then she would say to me, uh, "We have a restaurant that makes fun of Americans." <laughs> she would tell me about this restaurant. She's making it good. And, and I would. I was. That's fine. I'm not. I don't care. You guys got a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was so offended it's, by it's it. It's called Little Caesars Pizza. <laughs> you got a little fat white guy uh, there eating pizza. Um, I really like living with an Australian girl because a lot of them are very attractive, but they have potty mouths. A lot, uh, come on the pod. They have a vocabulary that I am a fan of. Yeah, I love the. I love the There's vocabulary. a certain word that they use over there. Not, and, yeah, <laughs> and in England, that is frowned upon in the U.S. But from yeah. my understanding, it just yeah. means buddy or pal. That's right. I don't know you why. Know, I, different yeah. context here. Do you f you've you've been to London? You've been over there. I've not. Oh, you haven't. No. When you go over there, are you gonna make liberal use of this of these words? I am. You know, given a bit of freedom, I'll run wild. <laughs> so. You didn't go for the arsler. I mean, you know, you know, you're not going that far. Oh, uh, I use retarded every day of my life. Oh, that's fine. I I do too. Execute. That that's like the one word where it's like if I'm saying that and somebody gets offended, it's like we're not gonna have a. But. A good conversation anyways, because if you're, you're easily upset about that, then you're not going to like anything else I'm about to say. Right. That's just an entry level. That's just one that's, word. That's you're not going to like what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm annoying my friends by taking the phrase arsler and applying it to everything. I mean, I, it's a I will say F-slur, P-slur, R-slur to people in real life. <laughs> <laughs> they get pretty angry about it's it. It's the best descriptor of modern circumstances. Everything's pretty retarded right now. Nobody knows what the hell is going on. It's kind yeah. of like culturally we're in a collapse on itself. Or a prologue. We don't yeah, really know. There's it's hard to tell. We're at an in-between stage of something. I just yes. hope it gets better from here. And Do you feel like it's almost an inner war period like in the early 20th century? I'm just kind of throwing that out there. An 
inner war period? So there's the inner war art period mm. in Europe and in England, and it's you know between the first and the second yeah. world war. We call that the inner war. You know, <laughs> I'm not suggesting anything's about to happen. Um, this show would never be is, apocalyptic. A lot of good work came out in that period, and yeah. I I know. That oh, you don't see that happening. There are people <laughs> making good work, but I'm not seeing it championed or put out there by any of these uh, allegedly reputable outlets. Yeah. So, or galleries showing work, you know, or you know, what is our cultural output? It's it's slim. I think it's a lot of bullshit. Well, we don't want to hit you with the old guy stuff, but I feel like I know, don't let me start sounding like a boomer. No, no, yeah, I was about to do that. That's why I <laughs> apologized right up front. But you, I guess I was going to say this before, but you, your cohort is righteously replacing that currently in the city, don't you think? I mean, we don't have to wait for new blood. You guys, well, you, can't you guys are wait, right? It has to be taken. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You, I, I've been viewing this current period right now, I guess, the COVID, post-COVID, in kind of comparison to, like, the financial collapse period of time, the early Obama days. Yeah. And uh, there was a lot of good work that came out in that period. And that was a big, you know, financial disruption. Um, rents dropped. A lot of people didn't have jobs. Survival was... Uh, it was something people had to, you know, they had to survive, right? It was, it was scary. We were in that weird Occupy phase that wasn't, um, there were a lot of kids downtown and they didn't all fit the same political spectrum. Mm -hmm. And that, that was a good thing about that era. I think there was a lot less walls up between the movements in the city. I mean, yeah, so I was, I was a child of course, essentially of course. during that. So I don't, I only know what from from looking back on that now via my reading of uh pre-obama era vice magazines <laughs> that's fun but that's when it was good right yeah when gavin you oh, know no. gavin mcinnis is a bad guy you know yeah. proud boys aren't good i know but I'm sitting right here yeah you can see me um gavin mcinnis was the voice of vice magazine the yeah. do's and don'ts were really incredible work and once he left, and they kind of picked up uh, NPR for millennials' agenda. And That's right. When I talk about weed and politics and foreign affairs, the quality of the magazine, the fun and the cultural element and impact it had clearly declined rapidly. But um, the point I was getting at with uh, the, you know, I guess my generation is you have this, the millennials of that time period, there were plenty of them that didn't do anything, and then there were plenty of them that made new work or pushed boundaries and took advantage of there being a bit of a cultural vacuum down at china chalet that's where that was happening. Oh, yeah, i suppose so which um is not a thing anymore unfortunately because we love establishments where you can smoke cigarettes inside yeah right but yeah um Seriously. you know now it's it's kind of a reflection of that right there's this period where there's not much going on survival is is a thing that you know you know rent's not cheap in the city it dropped for a bit because of COVID, but it's definitely back up to where it was definitely prior. Yeah. Um, and there's not a lot being put out. So it's like, what are you going to do? Are you going to sit around and and be, uh, you know, be a passenger and watch what's happening? Or are you going to try to make some work and, and steer the steer the movement of, you know, I don't. there's not a movement, right? There, there's not any sort of scene, I don't think. I mean, there are people that go to clandestino, but that's not a scene. Right. What does that? There's no... There's no through line, so you have all these people that, in theory, should have some sort of um, cultural overlap. impact. You, yeah. you, you would like to see some. I don't see anybody producing anything right now, really. 
Right. There are people working towards stuff, but a lot of people, they just tweet all day, right? Yeah, what when do you, you actually do. When you're, you're kind of, I'm kind of getting two things at once from you. Like, we're in a stagnation phase, but also you seem to be saying, like, it's there for the taking. There's, yeah. there's energy there. Like, we would have to say, like, okay, maybe the production down around Old, Ti- Old Dime Square is not exactly at an all-time high. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, of, a lot of sitting around talking going yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that either. But... But so you're not talking is good if then you do something from that, right? Right, right. But but there is an energy there, and we could be at a time where if you wanted to, you wanted to make a run at it, this would be a good time. Absolutely. I mean, everybody wants something to do on a Thursday night, right? Yeah. And there's, let's say, you know, there's another DJ set this Thursday night with a guy who's flown in from L.A., and he's going to play the new Blade song. He's yeah. going to do the Charlie XCX remixes. You know, people want to dance, they want to have fun, but that can't be the extent of what, you know, you look back on a month, a year, it's like, what we do? Oh, we, you know, we went to, that DJ sat and had fun. Well, what, what was that for? It was just another Thursday night. You're just, you know, getting drunk. No, there's got to be something worth having a party for, something worth celebrating, right? You know, whether it be a gallery show or, you know, a book launch or, you know, a movie release, whatever. There's got to be some sort of tangible product that exists that you can place in, like, that period of time. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm a big fan of commiseration. I'm a big fan of hanging out. But we're also here. We live in the city. We live in the city to be a part of the cultural stream and make things. Yeah, and you know, I, move here to to read books right you move here to to live an exciting (laughs) life and then write a book about it yeah 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 you know i i'm a little bit guilty of that i think when i moved here i put the things i was and had read in front Mm -hmm. i wanted people to uh i wanted smart people to be like oh you you, maybe you're smart Mm -hmm. a little bit of a symbol exchange is what happens with a lot of philosophy and and literature you hand it to somebody else and say, you know, I've read the Holobeck. And then they say, they of stamp course. it. They stamp it and slide it back. And then now you're friends. We love Michelle. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's this thing where you're like, we got to be speaking the same language. But I also, I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. Me, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Because I already am a know-it-all. <laughs> Do you feel that? Do you feel sometimes there's, everyone's on their different psychological thing. I have a thing similar to that where I don't really want a lot of friends that I think I'm smarter than. Mm-hmm. But I have friends who are wildly intelligent. They don't like to be challenged, and they don't really have friends around them who are very smart. And it works, kind of works both ways. Yeah, you know? I mean, that's, uh, I don't think that's productive if you're just preaching to the choir all the time. I'm all for building an echo chamber. I love that, right? <laughs> right. But I want to be involved in discourse with people who I respect and they can teach me something and I can teach them something, right? I might know a little bit more about uh, what happened in the underground music scene in 2008, but if they know, you know, what Tom Ford was doing at Gucci in the early 90s, there we go. That's something that I can tell them, they can tell me. But I don't want to be just like, you know, there's this, the meme of, it's an image of, you know, why you wear a mask that they, the, they were putting out where it's just a, a gray blob dude that's just spitting particles all right. on somebody's face. Yeah, yeah. I love that image so much. Um, 
you don't want to be that guy. It's also like the, the meme of uh, I'm just gonna start referencing memes. That's the fine. dude at the it's baseball game with his arm over the chick's shoulder, just talking in your ear. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be that like that that person all the time. You right. want to be able to have this exchange of information. Yeah, I've been accused sometimes of being so not personally. I don't think maybe, but socially anti-intellectual where i don't want to be the girl at the baseball game mm -hmm. or the i like the new one where the uh the girl's yelling at her boyfriend at a rave or something yeah yeah that's the, okay i love yeah. that one yeah yeah no i maybe i do that sometimes but i don't want it done to me man you know i don't i don't want it's got to be a give and a take right? i gotta hear something interesting i guess exactly right you know i don't as as great as it may be to just have a you know a posse following you around following you know everything you say yeah. preaching to the choir you know how far does that get you you were talking about you know echo chamber chamber versus like intentional discourse maybe the echo chamber is only good as kind of i don't know say weapon into the discourse that's well that's what i believe i mean i have a certain dialogue i preach on social media and people either agree with it or they disagree and if yeah. they disagree you know nice knowing you fuck off mm -hmm. but if you agree then it just that invites conversation right that means oh i know that we're on a similar page we might not agree on everything and i hope we don't but it means there's some common ground there in which i can talk about things and you're not going to like you know start getting upset and crying and pissing and chitting yourself because i said retarded right right so yeah you Did have to find like-minded people but then it becomes the next challenge of okay what can they tell me what can i tell them you know yeah that's the right way i mean i had to that's the right way to do it i think a few years ago we were in the belly of a millennial moment where disagreeing meant fighting yeah if we're disagreeing we are enemies i like uh, to i'm using millennial as a slur going me too. forward me too millennials come on the pod but i think <laughs> i think there's something about that moment where their generation hit the top and there was a lot of screeching and we are kind of a lot of people maybe a little younger a little older it's, they're just so triggered they're like yeah. they're, you know they're just anything it was immediately calling people fascist nazi right. crying and right you know oh somebody said something you don't like that's they're your enemy now it's like what the hell kind of person are you yeah these people are also the same people that don't believe in anything they they listen to what they're told by whatever quote unquote reputable news source or government agency Ath whatever authority they themselves try. yeah so go ahead and can and mold we don't really believe in the person but that's something that's bandied about a lot lately that we don't really you know i didn't invent this line of thinking obviously but there's something about the individual we don't trust like if somebody a lot of times i'll be talking to somebody i'll say something very plain that i think is normal and they'll say i'm fact checking that right now we're at, we're at we're at the bar they're fact checking me on the phone because we're not able to trust ourselves anymore like we can't make decisions sometimes without calling on the group to find out what we should be doing there's a lot less of gosh per self um like really believing in yourself kind of and saying you know. yeah it's pathetic i mean i believe in truth as like one of the few absolutes is like truth and beauty and love right but i think in terms of like whether something being true or like as in or fact or fiction right i think that's never mattered less where we are in society i think 
these having an unreliable narrator is the most interesting thing going on, right? right. Being able to weave some sort of auto fiction and uh, you know control the narrative and like you know I don't know if that guy was telling the truth about that, but if it entertained me, this is why, and that's interesting. This is why Heart of Darkness is more interesting than Apocalypse Now mm -hmm. because in Apocalypse Now, the narrator narrator's controlling the truth a lot. Yeah. Sometimes it's a little... But in Heart of Darkness, we don't know whether or not we should completely be trusting mm -hmm. the narrator. Unfortunately, I have not seen Heart of Darkness. It's, just a, it's a short story. It's just yeah. a short story. But, you know, I, I totally get what you're saying there. And it's like, um, I would take it a step further to say it's unfortunate that where we are right now, we can't have stories with an unreputable narrator. Everybody's too suspicious. We can't, a lot of people don't want to enter into that kind of art unless somebody's hands at the wheel that they I trust. know, I'm not interested in that. It's like, if anybody ever tells me they're a fact checker, I'm walking away. Yeah. It's like, I'm not shaking your hand. Are you kidding right, me? Right, right. I've started to say, you know, uh, obviously we've got guests on and we're not saying that they're lying, but I like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not, I don't know what the truth is or whatever the truth of anything is. It's people's opinions on the radio. You know, and in in that way, um, I don't think I, I would never claim to anybody that this is the source of the truth is people's opinions. It's really weird to check out any some word music. that comes out of my mouth is a, <laughs> the source of the truth. There I'm going go. out there right now and saying it. Check me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I want to use a tagline uh, like "all the confused you can use." That's a good one. Yeah, I don't know if it's gonna scare everyone away. I'm holding on to that for a second. I mean, I guess it's a matter of this is still a pretty fresh thing. You, you got to know your audience and who, you know, if people are going to get turned away by something like that, then they're not who you want to be. That's it. I'm making it now. You're giving me, you're giving, you're making me bold. I'll be making memes. You'll be hitting the door and I'm making these memes. I always believe in doubling down and never apologizing. <laughs> so, you know, if somebody doesn't like something, then I'm going to really rub it in. <laughs> you see in their eyes that they're getting it. Oh, I can, I can see the fear and I'll capitalize upon it instantly. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm not someone who likes to just talk at someone, but I like to, I like to stir the pot very much, and I like to stop, and I like to see what that person has to say and watch kind of their face turn and see if they're on board with me or if I'm making them upset, and then yeah. see their reaction and know where to go from there. Do you, do you hang out with a lot of native Manhattanites? Um, Some of them are. How many, you know, I, well, I don't know. how many people are actually native New Yorkers, well, right? There, there are plenty. Um, there are some. In your circle, and then they're, probably, so. they're a bunch of people lie. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm from New York. Yeah, yeah, they're lying. Oh, you're from Jersey. The reason... Um, you're right. The there's a handful. The reason I ask that is because I, a lot of my friends that grew up in Manhattan, they, they have a similar thing. They like a, li they like a little bit of drama. They're not afraid to get I in there a little bit. I will say the friends I've made who are native uh, Manhattan residents are the people that I've probably clicked with the quickest. Right. They love so, a little pushing around. Uh, you, know, you know, I have a bit of an elitist <laughs> mentality, so they right. see that and they they uh, you know they associate with it. Yeah, of course like they he's do. He's like us. I'm yeah. like, of course. Um, I'm. I'd have to say some of my best friends ended up being native people from Manhattan. I don't really know why they've accepted me in a lot of ways. But, but, <laughs> but well, you know, being a character, right? That's what you know. Yeah. New Yorkers want. They want other people to to, to watch them fling shit at the wall. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. Sometimes I get uh, since I started doing the show. So I've lived in New York for quite some time. I'm mm -hmm. getting old. I've been here for a long time, and uh, when I started doing the show, I started interacting with people who maybe not have heard from me mm -hmm. in a very long time, 
And uh, I think it's funny, you know, the New York City is filled with these giant personalities and we slam off of each other. And you cannot live here for 15 years with having a whole bunch of drama back there. You're, of course. You do giant personality, you're slamming into these other personalities. I actually think all that stuff's hilarious. I don't, I don't take too much it's of it personally. It's fun. That's, you know, having these, uh, knowing you're in the room with someone who might not particularly care for you puts a smile on my face. Yeah. I was um, in a room the other night at a private party. You guys know who you are. And there was a lot of people there from this world, and they're all in the corner staring at me like, I hope that guy does not come over here. <laughs> <laughs> I was wearing this hat, too. I mean, I think it's it's funny. Like, if I give someone a reason not to like me, then respect. Like, I'll shake your hand. That's that. We don't ever have to have any sort of right. rapport. But, like, there are people that they see you, and they'll form a judgments right and oh, yeah. like i don't like that so i don't know what the hell they're talking about and that's just very funny it's very egg on your face do you ever feel like in the personality game of manhattan is it better to wait or is it better to put an image in their head first because they're about to put one on you anyway isn't that true yeah i, I do you ever have the say in that though i don't think you do well i feel like i feel like if you're playing kind of the personality game as hard as some of these people do mm -hmm. They're like doing it right up front to you right away. Yeah. And so if you don't have some kind of like some kind of like hate me because of this, yeah, then they get something else. Well, I'm probably well, I probably lean more in the hate me because of this. Right. Yeah. I that, that might be a good it, strategy. It is what it is. It's not changing because that's like genuinely how I interact with people and function. It's not a bit. So right. if, yeah, if you don't like uh how I come off, then that's you know. I have a. I've, I'm not gonna try to sway anyone's opinions of me. Yeah, I have another thing I do where, like, even when I like something, mm -hmm. especially when I like something, I get right up in that thing or that scene or those the yeah, group or the like thing. Excessive. Well, then I I position myself right next to it, and mm -hmm. I'm I'm always like, I see something I really like, but then I get up close to it and I look at it. And I'm like, oh, I can do. Okay, yeah, I got you. No, like, okay, now everyone look at me. I'm right next to this. You know what I mean? I and I'm it's, a, it's, it's a powerful <laughs> thing to make yourself inseparable from someone else's uh, connotation of something. Oh, insert yourself? Yeah, why not? I have done that at times. You know, juxtaposition. different things, but I think uh, having something that you have no real reason to be directly associated with yeah. uh, trigger the thought of you in someone else's mind is very funny. There's a lot of things that go on in the city that are kept secret from me because if I were to find out, people believe I might ruin it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Be another show where this guy's at. <laughs> oh man, this has really been a really good interview. I don't like India. Has it been? I have no really. Way it's awesome, dude. I, I like oh, the conversation. Great. I don't want to do the stupid thing where I meta talk about the thing we just did while we're doing it. Oh no, but. I don't also don't like to end these things in any normal way. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody even wants that. No. All they want is for the guest and the host to stop talking. Like they don't want to listen to me yeah. after you leave. But like, is where, that what we're gonna do? Nah. Okay. Just, when you're done, when you're done, we're done. We're. This is the wrapping up phase. Okay. But I want to let you know. Rapid fire question round. You got. I don't. <laughs> do I got it? <laughs> well, I asked you before about conspiracies, but how apocalyptic are you? I'm a very optimistic person. All right. I, I believe, you know, uh, we're going to watch the, well, I think since the 60s, probably prior, I let's, I guess World War II, right? The, or even World War One. everybody thought 
right then and there that right. it was the end of end of society, That's right? It. Yeah, totally. So um, I could say right now we're gonna watch the downfall of humanity, but probably not. Live on TV. I mean, things will definitely progress more rapidly in our lifetime. I think with uh, automation and the rise of AI, which I'm not a fan of whatsoever. But I think uh, I don't think nuclear fallout's gonna happen anytime soon. Oh, good. Soon. I think, Thanks for uh, consoling this radio station. You know, um, <laughs> I don't. That's all uh, media lies, right? I, think, I don't you know. know. I'm I very optimistic for the future. Maybe more so my personal future as opposed to the future of humanity. But I can't take on the burden of <laughs> that's society right. as a whole. You shouldn't have to. Do you think that even if the worst happened, Noah's probably going to come out on top? I think I will. Yeah. yeah. I'm a pretty adaptable thing. <laughs> you fella. got a plan. You got yeah. some you got special footwear in case the worst happens in the exactly. side of the closet. Um, if you ha if you're optimistic then, you're looking forward, the future is gonna be pretty bright. Why don't you tell us if you have any plans for the solar eclipse of April second, twenty twenty four? I had no clue that was happening. That's what, two years uh, a year and a half away. Could be it could be about fifteen months. Fifteen months. <laughs> I mean, well, that's the next major solar eclipse, and you know it's a good one. It's it can be seen in a lot of the big cities of the South, Midwest, and Northeast. Okay, so, so not Los Angeles. They miss out yet again. They miss out yet again. Um, they had their own fake one. It was like, when was it? It was after 2017. It's the one that squeezed in the middle, and it's like Los Angeles's fake American solar oh eclipse. Yeah, we don't care about that. No, we don't care. Um, I couldn't possibly try to tell you what's going to happen in 2024. Well, I have to tell you, man. Uh, just on my Charlie Sheen shit, I'm going to be... Oh, oh, yeah, winning. Tiger's Blood? Yeah, Tiger's Blood. Awesome. Do you, think of, do you think... Okay, so obviously I thought about using those kind of memes <laughs> in the production of this show. But this is another area where I'm like, how are we going to react to the Charlie Sheen memes? Is that going to be weird? I think he's quite the character. I mean... You have you listen to those recordings, obviously. Of course, those are great interviews. He's high on life. He's oh been Lord. sober. He's on Tiger Blood. He's winning. He's gonna keep winning. But also, he's I, like I take that. I, I I watch that. I feel it <laughs> myself. This is the way you have to live your life. You have to have that mentality. Not everybody will, but but in his own mind, which is filled with Los Angeles and probably several delusions. narcotics and delusions, yeah. But but he's off. also not just like doing it and living it. He's also on this redemption revenge arc during. These I things. love his hero's journey. Yeah, he's yeah, got a yeah. good one. <laughs> I mean, that's what it's all about, right? You have your own. Everybody has their own hero's journey, whether they choose to participate or not. But uh, finding the good ones that exist out there. I would never want to recreate his, but I, I like it. <laughs> you pick a different I like path. to watch. Um, I, it's like the end of one of those Conan movies where he's he wins, but he's on the throne and now he's bored. Yeah, exactly. And Charlie Sheen's like that, except he also has a communicable disease. You know, yeah. It's like a problem I mean, he's, uh, he's quite the test tube, right? <laughs> Charlie Sheen, come on the pod. I'd like to think. I haven't heard much from him lately. Uh, well, he's ill, and we shouldn't we shouldn't laugh about that, but... I would like I to remember to him. Do great things. I want to remember him from a better time, obviously. You I know. think the best time might be have yet to be upon him. You never know. He might have a, uh, you know, Martin Sheen still kicking, and that guy seems like a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see Charlie usurp him. Dude, the Charlie Sheen comeback arc that will be happening near the solar eclipse of 2024. So my be... career pivot in 2024 will be from a uh, furniture designer, sculpture maker to Charlie Sheen's uh, agent, Go. manager, PR man. And I'm going to make nice. sure he has a comeback. 
You're going to be in the pod episodes. You're going to be the guy who calls and starts yelling about his credit card being shut off. You're going to be like, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. Charlie, Don't worry. I had to buy all this stuff with your credit card. I needed it. (laughs) Well, that would definitely bring some excitement to our lives. We don't want thermonuclear war. We want a Charlie Sheen comeback. You see how how those things might be connected. I like uh, like to see that Shia LaBeouf, through all odds, is... uh, He's on his redemption arc. Do you ever see the movie where he plays his own dad? Honey Boy, it's great. <laughs> He's great. I the film itself this is film is crazy. Man. I don't like some of the the editing or some of his. The editing's uh, a little too TV. It's, it's weird. Yeah, but he, I mean, that's an incredible performance. He's him playing his dad as a child. It, the the chemistry they have there is incredible. Yeah, and also these weird things happening to you when you're watching it, especially if you know Shia's career. Or Shia's background. You're watching Shia play his own abusive dad against Shia, who's played by somebody else, but mm. that's him in the movie. The whole thing is just so bizarre. It's quite a beautiful, uh, you know, piece of work. To to you know, all these actors want to write their memoirs, but he really right. He unpacked it. He did it through his, his trauma. Yeah, it's this incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's. There are a couple guys in terms of like actors that I look at and I really respect what they do. And he's one of them. Joaquin Phoenix yeah. is a great one. His uh his documentary, I'm Still Here, where he quits yeah. acting yeah, from yeah. a rapper. Right. I mean, that's an incredible piece of work. Nobody make the connection with me and art and podcasting. If I steal anything from all of that, nobody please make the connection. <laughs> um yeah, don't let anybody know that. And yeah. then Vincent Gallo, obviously, obviously. Who's, who's, you know, one of the greatest, probably the greatest living artist in terms of uh, blurring the lines of mediums and his performance in his real life. Talk about controlling the narrative. That guy has the final say in everything he's involved with. Rightfully so. He is enjoying a downtown fame with everybody i know downtown and that's rightfully so people should wake up if they don't know his movies he's uh he's carefully calculated his uh popularity amongst the people who enjoy him and his work right um he's doing a a film screening end of this month which i'm very excited to be attending we still got tickets available for this uh you know i'm not gonna be a, a representative yeah yeah do you know that i believe that? there are tickets oh that's not after i not after the sins and i buy them <laughs> but um you know that guy his interviews he really just commands um you know on instagram he's he's maybe the best instagram follow yeah really if, if holabuck is the author of downtown he's the movie maker of downtown right now absolutely you know what i mean and, and he hasn't made a movie since 2000 oh i know but we love so. them yeah i know but we love them all yeah oh, they're the best um so yeah they're these characters that really they have redemption arcs they're uh controversial provocative individuals but they really yeah. kind of uh they welcome the hate they relish in it many yeah. would say and uh and they capitalize off of it, and they really create a polarizing um, perception. You know, you either love them or hate them. I don't know how many people feel lukewarm about any of the. I mean, Nobody. Joaquin Phoenix is not in the same ballpark no. as Gallo and Shia LaBeouf. He could have been if he chose to continue on that path, but right. I think it was very much a moment thing for him. But, uh, you know, there are not a lot of people that are uh, uncompromising and want to 
speak freely. It's true. And the, and those are the people I think now getting some traction downtown. You know, we want so reactionary now. Yeah, well, we want to see somebody breaking out of it a little. Absolutely. Bit, you know, I mean, it's it's a weird thing that you know. I mean, I deal with this in terms of like talking to galleries. It's like I have what many would consider reactionary takes on things, but it's not to be reactionary. That's how I genuinely feel about things. Right. You know, I'm not trying to ruffle feathers for the sake of it. I like to sh- stir the shit, right? But I th- these are things I genuinely believe. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people want to, they don't want to engage in anything that's not uh, politically correct or fits their woke vocabulary. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what happened to being an artist and speaking freely and, and living through your work and having uh, a sort of rebellious attitude with things like, you know, if an artist can't, you know, choose to play by their own rules, who can? Yeah. And also um, pushing it back against whatever an establishment is or whatever a, a certain zeitgeist is, is always going to involve a little bit of insulting of the older class. Mm-hmm. And I think that people take that stuff a little seriously sometimes. They don't understand that, especially in any kind of counterculture youth movement, it's based on making the adults angry. Yeah, well, fuck Jeff Koons. I'll say that right here. You know, I'm, I the, might have done this already, but I don't need a Wall Street guy to make balloon animals for yeah, me. I never understood those it. balloon animals up his ass <laughs> for all I care. I'm, just, I'm here directly from Morgan Stanley to make a balloon animal yeah. for you. you know? I mean, he's the... In terms of the art world, he's the number one enemy of beauty. He's the antithesis of what I believe in the work I want to make. So, and he's also what one of, if not the most financially like viable and successful artists alive. And he doesn't didn't need it anyway. No, but that's fine. So we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't want to take anybody's success away from them. But I have my own aesthetic. Job. I would never wish ill upon someone, but if I see Jeff Koons' efforts <laughs> on site, um. Outside of Balbazar, ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Keith McNally will love that. I, <laughs> you know, um, we got to wrap it up here because Absolutely. this stuff's not free. But um, you know, I heard a lot from you. You know, you, would you agree? Like, if you've heard before, like, um, beauty kills the monster, um, or truth truth kills the monster, beauty kills the monster. What about absurdity? Is there a possibility absurdity can kill the monster? I think everything has to have some absurdity to it, right? Absurdity is kind of that. It's it's almost the only constant. It's the you know the unpredictability of life. You never know. Truth is stranger than fiction, right? So, what the hell is going on? Um, you know, beauty is not is not containable necessarily. Truth is not easy so there is an absurd element to, to these things well i hope we can use absurdity because buddy that's all i got yeah thanks a lot Noah, for coming for sure. on the show today pleasure. don't let me clap by myself i think there's a lot of people here if you do <laughs> thanks a lot man i really enjoyed this that's it thanks man that was great it's the whole thing yeah i'm gonna cut the end it's still recording but i'll cut the end out um,